Welcome to the Highlander Rewatch Podcast, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Hey, Eamon. That was, was that a De Niro face you were making? Uh, oh, okay. Analyze this. Oh, boy. You're laughing. We're talking about Highlander and you're laughing. <laughs> Very good. A, wait, is that Joker? That is Joker, my friend. Oh, God. Least plausible bit of casting ever. Yeah, let's take this like unfunny, <laughs> like stoic, notoriously shy actor and make him Johnny Carson, one of the most okay. personable men like in history. Yeah, ugh, gross. But that's all we're here to talk yeah, about. Check we're talking watching. Highlander. We're, we're five seconds in and we're not talking about Highlander. But this is it. This is the uh, the 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 finale uh, of the the series, as it were, uh, our final series recap. Uh, so this is uh, the end of a, a long journey. Uh, so before we hop yeah. into it, uh, we're going to be tackling all sorts of different stuff from our favorite episodes, favorite fill-ins, um, moral questions on the show, all that sort of stuff. And uh, we're going to get into some pretty interesting episode ratings, which will be fun. Uh, but before we do that, I thought it would be fun to maybe mention some benchmarks that we had on the show. Uh, so yeah, let's this, do it. We crossed this threshold a couple weeks ago, and I didn't mention it. I figured I'd save it for this. So it's even higher now, but we cracked Ooh. a half a million listeners or whatever. So our podcast. Wow. Plans, so Listens. Cool. Listens, yes. Listens, listens, not listeners. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, both that's are very awesome. Exciting. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts that uh, you crazy people out there have listened half Shoot. a million times. Yeah, we're, we're already pushing almost six hundred thousand now. So, hey. Yeah, and unless we forget, I'm sure some people have stopped listening to the podcast because we've been doing this video format. So I'm sure that it number is actually even more. Even artificially depressed by, you know, essentially the pandemic changing the format of our show. Totally. Yeah, definitely true. Uh, and so also our Facebook page is now like over 4,000 likes, so which is pretty amazing. Uh, and we've been doing this now uh, since 2014. How about that? Holy I know. crap. <laughs> that upsets me a it little bit. It is now bit. 2021. Wow, this took a long time. A lot longer than we thought. But Yeah, that's the year I graduated law school. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was the year I graduated Bovine University. Oh boy. For What'd you, you learn? Simpson, Simpsons fans out there. <laughs> I was I was turned into hamburger. Mm, Checks good. out. You look great. Thank um, you. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and uh, yeah, that very first weekend it was uh, we released on Labor Day weekend, I remember, and we released three episodes all at once. And wow, what a journey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had to honor unions somehow. That's but, true. Um, the best way we could do it was three episodes about a fantasy TV show from the 90s. Yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could think of, I could still think of no better way. It's true. Uh, anyone want to guess how many episodes we have? Oh. You know, this is information that I think I would just remember because, uh, but I'm going to guess we have 178. 178. Amen. Uh... Whoever gets closer, 20% gets my respect for the rest of the Ooh. episode or whatever. Respect. 210. Oh, Eamon, you're closest. Uh, it is Ooh. 263 episodes currently. Holy shit. So <laughs> we were both off by like 100. Yeah, right. It's a lot of episodes. 260. I was off by 100. Eamon was off by less, but still. Whoa. That's almost twice the amount of uh, my favorite original roster of Pokemon. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that. That's well, a good one, way to measure. Want to hear another? Uh, this is a very rough stat because I, 
Can I divide this stat by 150? Sure. Um, this so at I the like end of season well. at the end of season two, I decided to make a spreadsheet to see like how much we had podcasted, like how many hours of podcasting we had done. So oh. I went to do that this week again. I was like, well, let me complete this spreadsheet. I was I could not do it. I was like, this is this is too much right now. I'm not filling out this entire thing. It takes way too long. Um, however, to extrapolate the rough numbers we had from seasons one and two, also our episodes have gotten longer. So uh, this number is certainly, I think, lower than it really is. Wow. Uh, at the end of season two, we had 3,797 minutes of podcasting. So now we're in season six. And so that should equate to about 11,391 minutes, which is 189.85 hours of podcasting, which is just shy of eight entire days of podcasting. Wow. The thing that upsets me the most about that is how much of an undercount I know it is. <laughs> right? How much an like, undercount it is and how much more time we spent doing it than what's like on the page. Yeah. Still so like conservatively there's probably 10 pages or 10 days <laughs> right. of listenable content and it may have taken you know just in terms of recording not yep. counting watching episodes and the unholy amount of time keith puts into making them presentable like you know in terms of recording it might be double that <laughs> yeah it might be so wow how about that <laughs> Well, Francis Ford Coppola is, we're, we're sending all of the unused footage to him. <laughs> and when we're done, he's going to do the Highlander rewatched Redux cut. Love it. But that's, that's, all in, that's all in his hands. So Sure. Francis is a big listener. He writes us every week. He just yeah, wants- we don't read them because no. they're private. But... Yeah, they're private just to us. But... Yep. Yeah, but it happens. Yeah. Yep. He's already gone extremely over budget on the rewatch. <laughs> Redux. <laughs> Rewatch Redux. I like that. Yeah. Um, also, we, we should give some thank yous. Uh, so first, we want to actually thank uh, Paul H. Um, he's helped us with the scores uh, since pretty early on, sending us spreadsheets, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, Paul's a great friend of the show. He writes us a lot. And he mm -hmm. also started the Highlander Rewatched Discuss Facebook group. And so everybody, stop it right now and join the group. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I love what Paul posts. Paul's always posting like, birthdays um he does a, a weekly rewatch of one of her old episodes mm -hmm. so he's been going in order i forget what season they're in right now uh, but usually every sunday is a, another episode and he invites people to talk about what we talked about and yeah. kind of further the discussion um, which is kind of cool because our facebook page doesn't have a lot of discussion on it um and this group is specifically geared to discuss as the uh, as the name goes so we want to thank paul h for uh helping us again with those scores which are going to come into play in a big way in this episode uh and for managing uh the facebook group which is great you rock uh, sir that's right we and, salute you <laughs> uh so also we, uh back i guess it was about a month ago we asked for voice memos to commemorate like the end of this journey of highland of the series uh that episode is going to come out next week uh it's finally done i Ooh. i think it's really great it was very touching uh to put together i was so impressed with everybody that called in uh from like all over the world people called in uh from around the united states uh we have callers from japan the uk ireland korea uh, France. Did I say France already? You did not. Ah, France. Um, it's really great. Uh, and it's really great to hear from some of the people, you know, that have written the show over a long time. Uh, now we get to hear your voice. Uh, so it's another cool way we got to connect. Uh, so I want to thank. And, e yeah. and almost equally cool to hear from the people who this is our first contact. We didn't yeah. even know you were a fan until you graced us with these. And that's totally. awesome. 
So we want to thank Andy C, Brian S, Chip M, David G, Dot G, Grant K, Jill S, Malcolm T, uh, Malia P, Michael B, Paul H, Scott D, and Wendy P uh, for their submissions. Uh, and so you get to hear from them on next week's episode, which will be really great. Uh, so hopefully everyone stays tuned. Tune in. Thank you, folks. That's right. And one more thank you. We've got to thank Kareem uh, Damashki uh, and Peter Davis from Davis Panzer Productions uh, for all their support over the years uh, and continued support um, as we continue this journey into more and more Highlander content. Uh, but of course, they've they've always been supportive of what we've done. Uh, so is everyone in the Highlander community, Highlander worldwide, anyone that's kind of contributed to the fandom. We just want to say thank you for helping out and you know being part of this whole thing. Uh, so. Yes. Thank you very much. You're the best. That's right. Uh, So to kick things off, we're not going to play the catalog game, but we thought uh, we would, you know, maybe share our favorite catalog items uh, to to wrap this up. And so I asked everybody what their kind of favorite ridiculous item from the show was uh, that we kind of love to make fun of or or whatever. Uh, But also like what legitimately was a cool item you wanted to have either uh, when you were younger or today? Like, what's the thing you think is really a cool piece of, you know, Highlander paraphernalia? Yeah. So, anyway, do you want to kick us off? Yes, I do. Um, so, <laughs> I'll, I'll start out with my ridiculous pick. Sure. And there are a lot of things to choose from. Initially, I was going to go for the license plate handbags. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grace Kelly saw one of these. When... Yeah. But I had to ultimately decide on the, the, highlander launch stations did you oh wow the uh the what are they called yes i've got them right here which ones <laughs> are the launch stations i'm not so, remembering these well get this amen that was my pick too oh, oh really wow. yeah all right so great let's tell us these, about it here well i'm gonna show a picture of it these were like speed dials for your computer oh yeah we did talk about these and you could like press a button and it would bring up like a program that you use a lot or something yes well like a bookmark on right or on netscape navigator and they cost 80 dollars that's so many dollars and this is garbage like this was (laughs) like garbage like three weeks before they even came out yes probably but yes i'm just I, I love these. They're they're so like they're useless. They're completely useless <laughs> yeah. now. They're so expensive. Yep. They're ridiculous. I love it. Yeah. Crazy. Absolutely nice. crazy. Well, and there we go. That, look at that picture of Duncan. <laughs> these these also after use would get like so scuffed up, I'm sure. Like the picture mm-hmm. would start to fade and like look real like greasy looking. I, I this is this is not a good one. So good Naturally. pick, Eamon. And good pick, Keith. Sorry, sure. feel your thunder. No, no, you didn't. It was a, it's, it's a standout for a reason. That's that was one of the very first, I think, catalog picks we did on the show because it's so crazy. So yeah, it's nuts. Well, I guess I'm all that's left then. That's right. If it's the two of you, so my pick is the Highlander chess set. Oh, oh right, cost a gazillion dollars and seemingly was like inscrutable in terms of what the pe- the pieces were. There were like the little katana penis head pawns. <laughs> uh, Let me see if I can pull that up if I've got that here. Just, just wow. The just amount wow. Uh, they were expecting people to pay for that. And it was really uh, heavy. <laughs> it, it looked like you could yes. really cave somebody's 
shit in with that. Yeah, I don't think I have a picture of that right in front of me. I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. That's okay. But at least we know that now Eamon immediately assessed it for its murder, like its yeah. murderous capabilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But That's- how much did it cost, by the way? Wasn't I, it like eight hundred dollars? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was almost a thousand dollars, I believe. Well, certainly today it would be. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think I don't think they produced it. Nobody, nobody ever wrote us in that they had it or bought it. No, and I, I contacted some the some of the good folks at uh, Davis Panzer Productions, and I, I don't think it existed ever either. So, yep. How about that? Well, they, they had to chum the waters. <laughs> That's you know? right. Yeah. See if there were any. There was a ravenous appetite for a one thousand dollar chess set. <laughs> Very good. Well, um, Eamon, how about you tell us uh, what is like a catalog item that you like legit wish you could have owned or you think is really cool? Yeah. Um, so this is like from from me now, and it's the Highlander two Japanese poster. No way. Guess guess what my pick was. <laughs> was that yours? Too? Same exact one. <laughs> Same oh, one. Have that? Uh, I think- Oh, we might. It might I be in the uh, in the, the storage bin. Yeah, this is a Highlander Ooh. dream that may have come true, and it may have yeah. come true because of our listener Jill. Yes, yeah. but don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure we have something like this. Yeah, we do. Our, uh, we definitely do. In our repertoire now. So, Eamon, this could this could happen for you. It could. Like, I like weird bad movie ephemera and also foreign movie posters. Yeah. Like Highlander one doesn't have a good poster. Uh, no, just a bummer. Yeah, you mean like that image of Christopher Lambert looking like he's gonna murder you in your sleep? Yeah, that that very one. That, uh, is... that yeah. one. That oh, one. God. That's horrible. That that looks like a slasher movie poster. It's crazy. Yeah. Also, like it makes him look like a thumb. Yeah. <laughs> like his chin seems to have like vanished into his neck in a certain way that like almost makes it look like scar tissue. What's what's Duncan right. doing at the uh the lower right hand corner here? I don't know. Um he's uh, uh... he's getting the quickening in the vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I believe. Nothing else? Nothing else. Okay. Well, <laughs> well back to this getting poster. a blobby J. Uh, <laughs> that's a cool poster. No, it's I a think. great poster. I love it. It's, that does rule. You know, I might yeah. be thinking of the Highlander 3 poster might be the one that we have. But we <gasps> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like, what is, go- like, what is going on to the right of Connor here? This thing? Yeah, like the, this, the woman splayed on the ground in the shadow of the Hall of Doom. What yeah. is that? That's pretty weird. And then there's a guy getting shot by a laser. <laughs> that's right that's right is that even in the movie i don't think so or does is that supposed to be mimicking doesn't he step into the like the beam in the right the star the beam, core like right yeah, yeah. Mm, all right and i like that either corda or reno is the uh the the sword hilt right naturally the sword <laughs> that's the sword you came for that's right that's right but I like I like that weird ephemera type thing where it's like, what is this? This is like a weird new version of something I know. Yeah, uh, I did. I do have two uh, like honorable mentions. I guess uh, mm-hmm. I can show one picture, uh, which is I like always dug the the glassware. I thought these were super cool. Um, yeah, 
when I was These my honorable mention as well. Just as like, oh, I I totally drink out of a Highlander Stein. Like right. That. It's oh, not yeah. too crazy. It's it's a it's usable. Uh, it's got the logo on it. That's cool. Uh, no, scroll yeah. down. Go back to that for a minute. Oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. 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 All right. There we go. There we go. There we go. All right. Go go to the go to the go to twenty five, please. Twenty five. Oh, you want the other cup? Yeah, I want this Duncan head cup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see those floating around eBay, and they are prized possessions. You? How yeah. much are they? Uh, too much, I think. Really? I think so. Yeah. Over fifty? I think so. Yeah. Oh, jeez. These cool. are those these are, are rough. These are, are hideous, rough, and they look unstable. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would buy one of those. I don't think I'd spend over fifty dollars for one. <laughs> I mean. Also, like the top of his head, like this one, like he looks like a video game character, like with a buzz cut or whatever. Yeah. Like his, he yeah, looks like he has like a flat top. Flat. Right. It's not good. <laughs> he looks like Duke Nukem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oof. That's Very good. good. All right, Dun Kyle. And also, it says, sorry, Duncan's mug. Duncan's mug, right. I Duncan has a mug Dun of his own face. Yeah. Like, does he drink out of his own head? That That's weird. Oh, I guess it's yeah. a it's a it's a pun, right? You know, Duncan's mug. Oh, right. Ah. Wordplay. Duncan's mug. Kyle. So I, I answered as as a little kid, the answer would have been any of the swords. Just sure. any of them. Just give me a sword, baby. Uh but was there one in particular no. that was like if you had to pick one in particular, would there have been one? Oh, I mean it's obviously like the the Duncan Katana okay. is the first choice, followed by the Duende stuff. Ah. Followed by the Sword of the McLeod, like two-handed Claymore, John. Yeah, that one's cool. Uh, though, as so as an adult, I was like, you know what I want? I want this Highlander dog bed. <laughs> <laughs> I would really? get a lot of utility of that. I okay. could kind of use a dog bed that it looked pretty durable. My dog has a way of destroying beds just because he like chews on them and like they're usually really poorly made. So give me this, <laughs> uh, give me this tartan. Let me oh, add okay. it. And then my honorable mention was the, the glassware. Cause I glassware. Was All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, my honorable mention was also the chess set. Ah, very the good. Chess set, okay. Yeah. As something Those. you would legit have wanted, though. As a kid, definitely. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, if it, it didn't cost that much, like if money yeah. was no object, hashtag money no. Uh, yeah, you I know. mean, the chess set would be awesome. Sure. Yeah. As an adult, the chess seat, the chess set seems bad. Like as Kyle said, they picked random characters and things to be the pieces. But uh, I was a sucker for those little like figures as a kid. Yeah, like I, I probably wouldn't have played chess with it. Like I made my mom get me this X Men board game that came with all these little silver X Men figures, and she was like, "I'm not buying you that. You're not going to play the game. You're just going to play with the little toys." I'm like, "No, I'll play the game." <laughs> I never played the game. <laughs> never just, too late. We can play the game now. Yeah, that's wow. true. X-Men. I probably still have that somewhere. Yeah. That chess set also, like, that's a commitment to, like, your living space. Like, like you said, mm -hmm. it's very heavy. Like, you need a table just for that. Like, I feel like it needs to stay out. Like, you don't want to be putting that away. It's a showpiece. So. It is. I'd hope I so. Know. I hope you're not <laughs> spending that kind of money for something you just lock away. Right. Mm. Showgirls. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Guys, let's let's talk about like this entire journey. We've never done anything like this before. Although I'm sure some of us have like rewatched shows. So, uh, what did ever. you guys? I have never once. Right. This is the first time ever rewatching any media. Yeah, uh, but wow. what, what what was it like doing this as like a project uh, from watching a, a show? You know, T to B, top to bottom. 
T2B. It was it was uh, interesting, if I can go first. Um, you may go first. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. But watch yourself, counselor. Um, I... Uh, it's interesting watching a show. Like, I almost want to rewatch it again, which sounds insane. And like, <laughs> like, watching it with an eye for, like, having to talk about it is different than, like, kind of just watching it. You sure. know what I mean? Um, so it'd be interesting to watch the show yet again. Right. And, like, see what I think about it. But, like, I'm surprised how well this show held up, not to get into that, but, like, it was it was really interesting just kind of you know revisiting this thing i watched as a kid and then being like oh and it's actually pretty good yeah totally lots of times you watch like an old movie or an old tv show from a kid and it like kind of sucks ass (laughs) right yeah were there any shows you've watched recently that were like that where you like put it on and were like oh i remember this and it's like "Eh, no thanks no i really like animation and as a kid i really liked darkwing duck like Darkwing Duck is a kid's show. Like uh-huh. yeah, I think there's much there for adults. Eamon, yeah. you and I are on the same page like yeah. all the time on this. I started rewatching yeah. Darkwing Duck uh, a couple weeks ago and every time I put on an episode, I was just like, I, I don't know. Like I'm yeah. good. Like you, yeah. you weren't the plunger that unclogged the the stuck drain. <laughs> right. I mean there's some yeah. funny bits in it, uh, but like yeah, it's it's not a show I feel like I could watch as an adult. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny from time to time. But. Yeah it's 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 really for kids like there's no like adult like ba- the batman cartoon from the 90s like i could watch that tomorrow yeah but and now you can because it is now on hbo max it just Ooh. came in the new year that's exciting mm-hmm. um I'll, I'll go next about uh watching this if that's okay uh no this was it was fun to like i mean i've watched shows you know, like, I don't know. I can't tell you how many times I've like rewatched the office, both the British and American versions. Like uh, it's kind of a a go-to show to just throw on and watch some episodes or Arrested Development or, or whatever. Um, But like, I've never gotten into like suddenly like every single episode, like I know how many episodes, you know, Clay Boris directed and I know episodes that Maury wrote or, or whoever, like um, sort of like, and to match those up with like, Hey, how did the writing match with the the director and how it ended up turning out? And like, I don't know, just like kind of analyzing every little nuance of the show was uh, certainly I gained something out of that. Uh, as a detriment, I can definitely say like, I don't want to say like saying it took the joy out of the show is a bit too far. It did not do that for me. Uh, mm-hmm. But like you said, Eamon, like I am looking forward to kind of watching this show again and just throwing it on and like, getting lost in the show and having fun and uh because yeah. that's not a thing like we don't approach the show always in that way uh and i also would say this perhaps might be a regret of mine um and i i know we've gotten one or two and had some comments like reviews about the show uh, we got one recently that we never brought up but it's kind of funny like somebody slammed us on itunes was like oh you guys are like really sl- slogging off a, a a really good show like you're, that's no good right like i had fun watching this show and you guys are you know taking the piss out of it mm-hmm. and i get that and i get also that like it definitely for us either people that maybe aren't from our generation or just maybe would pick up a random episode and mm-hmm. aren't used to like how we've like I don't know, built our criticism around this show. Uh, how it can just seem like, hey, you guys are teasing a thing I really love. Or honestly, sometimes I even feel bad. Like anyone that was involved in the show who maybe listened to an episode mm-hmm. might feel bad about like, hey, they're, you know, saying saying some shit about something I really worked hard on. 
Uh, and it's never meant in that way. And I think one big thing that I wish we had been more clear about uh, or just upfront about in our criticism was that like part of this rewatch was how are, how are we different now? Like how, how have we changed and how do we absorb this show? Uh, and I might save, I'll, I'll save some other comments for kind of the end when we wrap up, uh, but like how this show maybe has changed me or whatever, uh, either in a rewatch or initially. Um, but yeah, I think we were, I, I part, partly regret not being more forward with that as being like our mission statement in every mm -hmm. episode that like, we want to reevaluate this episode and like what holds up and what doesn't. And it's, it's never about like, you know, just dumping on a show or anything like that. Like, again, we, as we said, we have uh, spent eight entire days uh, of podcast material and countless other hours making it. Uh, and it's now six years have gone by uh, doing this show, which is nuts. Like we would not do this. Uh, we're not that uh, fucking jaded and ironic uh, <laughs> hipster millennial douchebags uh, that would that would really take pleasure in doing it for that long if we didn't love it. Uh, so anyway, um, it was great to to look at. And I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm looking forward to watching the show not right away, but uh, in a little bit and. Just taking uh, taking some joy in watching uh, the world of Highlander. So sorry, I, yeah. as usual, I babbled on too much. Kyle. Yeah, no. well, I, I will echo one thing that said this is a fundamentally different form format for a rewatch. Like normally, if I'm going to rewatch almost any kind of media, you maybe not movies, like serious movies, but pretty much any other kind of media, a, a rewatch for me is usually a background affair or like some kind of low stakes undertaking. Yeah. It's like, I've got work to do. I've got to do my taxes. I've got to do whatever. This goes on in the background or something. Uh, I'm gonna play a game on my phone and rewatch 30 Rock, <laughs> like sure, something yeah. right. like that. Uh, this is obviously the opposite because it takes like extreme focus. Right. Because like we're taking notes, we're researching things, we're doing whatever it is we're doing. Uh, and I guess as other people have pointed out, we're like pouring some, like the withering light of irony on it in a certain way. Um, and all of that takes like a lot of focus and effort. So it's like, a, it's an unusual kind of rewatch to do it this way. Um, you know, the thing I'm always curious about is how much of this, how much of the format of our show including the irony kind of aspects of it or the way we sometimes are are slagging on things comes not even from like the an intention to be ironic but from the format of going beat by beat yeah because once you apply that level of scrutiny to anything like all the seams show and there's like and there's also just like opportunities for comedy and observation and things like that but, you know, when you take a 30,000 foot view of stuff, like there's no reason to talk about those moments that might lead to us like unwinding right. some conversation in a way that does. So, you know, it's interesting to, to think about decisions we made consciously or unconsciously that kind of sculpted what this show ended up being. Yeah. Uh, right. And fundamentally frames how we talk about any particular episodes. Mm -hmm. So... It's all interesting. It's been a, I don't know, it's been an interesting experience to say the least. And I, I'm glad that at least some people have liked it. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Well, some people are like, some people catch up, catch on to the same things we talk about, like, which I find insane. Like sometimes we'll point out like some weird thing, like, 
like Keith, when we rewatched the gathering and, and Kyle, like, oh, like yes. we, we all picked up on the guy who like gives the thumbs up after they like put the, put the window in. There are people online who will like point out weird shit like that right. too. And like, I'm like, well, we, we found our people, you know, like a lot yeah. of people got what we were doing, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, we, I mentioned this before, but somebody was like, are you really going to do the whole series? And we, we did the whole series. We did the whole yeah. series. We did it. So we can, yeah. can we go back to that comment and be like, suck it. Yeah. We, we I'll should. say it. Suck it. Whoever you are. I, I yeah. forgot. I forgot your name, but. Keith and I remember who it was. That's right. We'll never forget. That's <laughs> I'm right. sorry. You're supposed to say, I know his name. Oh, that's I right. Know his name. But I'm that's a good I'm so sorry. We're I'm terrible. trying to set you up. We're terrible Highlander fans. <laughs> uh-huh. We're not in the movie framework, Kyle. So that's true. We're mind, show my mind wasn't on the, the game, as it were. Yeah. And right. I meant to punch this in when you were mentioning this earlier. We should be clear uh, Highlander, the series, is over. Our show is not yet over. We still have at least two movies, a spinoff series. <laughs> yep. Who knows what other weird Highlander content we might yet cover? But seven, seven more years. Yeah. Right. What our, our like our original thesis is basically done after the two movies. Like our original oh. goal was to do the series. Uh, I should ask a question. We should. I don't know if we should make a poll on Facebook, and or maybe people can write us in or comment underneath on the video. Uh, we haven't actually even talked about this uh, with you guys. That there is like a, a Highlander reunion special that was filmed in is it 2013? Uh. It might be a little from, from earlier than that. Um, and I believe Peter Wingfield's in it. Uh, Jim Burns, um, Elizabeth Grayson. Um, and I think it does like it might do away with like the source narrative. I can't remember. Um, I've actually never seen it uh, before, and I I yeah. guess I'm curious if we should tackle that next, or if we should wait until like it falls chronologically, like when it was made. Um, mm-hmm. So like maybe after Endgame, after the source, after the Raven, kind of return to the series and do this reunion, which could be fun to have a little distance from it. Yeah. Um, I don't it would know. seem like we have to do the Raven first. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe maybe I won't put a poll up, and we'll just do it. It'll be fun to actually. Maybe that'll be just uh, more fun to like revisit everybody after a couple, uh, you know, more series and stuff. So, sounds like a plan. There we go. So, why did I even bother saying all that stuff? Decided. Great. It's a little little sneak peek. That's right. All right. Next question, Eamon, in our series recap: uh, Who is your top reoccurring villain, and why? And tell us all about it. Ooh, it's callous. It's um, callous, baby. All right. It's callous. Yeah. Is that for you as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. What about you? Well, I'm not saying it yet. You guys have to tell me Ooh. about oh, yours. Well, I guess it's not. Well, we know it's not callous. It's then, not so callous. Yeah. Hey. Take it away. He's my favorite. Um, uh, his, his arc, you know, those are my favorite, like, thing about this show, I think. Um, his... I, he was like a more a more like down to earth villain that I really liked. I mean, he's still ridiculous. He has a scary voice and a, 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 a throat scar, but right. um, like he wasn't over the top like Horton, um, and he was like very dangerous. And I just love those episodes. Like that was like almost a more like modern TV format for that section of the series. Yeah. Um, and I just love those episodes. I love the stakes. Um, there's some cool sword fights. Uh, and that actor is just great. I just love, I love 
that villain and that point in the series. That's like the high mark. If Highlander ended there for me, I think I would, you know, I'd miss the four horsemen stuff, but I think I'd hold it in like even higher. Esteem. Yeah. It's possible. We do, we have a lot of really good season five episodes though. Yeah. That I think I would miss, mm-hmm. but uh, I agree with pretty much all of what Eamon said. And I will say the reason I think it's by a wide measure, the most successful is one, we get a critical mess of episodes such that we really do get to spend a lot of time with this character. And that's like almost a prerequisite in some ways. Two, we have a concrete motive for he and Duncan to be at, be at ends. And like, you, you can be right in there with it. It has a massive impact on all the supporting characters. Uh, and, and in fact, like we lose something. Like this is one of the first major character deaths. Yeah. Is... Uh, is losing Hugh in Song of the Executioner, I guess it is. Yeah. Or Starcrossed. Starcrossed, yeah. Starcrossed. Um, it is the impetus for giving us Mythos, the other, oh, like, yeah, another component true. of like the most beloved characters. And it gives us a, a, a suite of like some of the most iconic shots in the show. To game just a couple of examples, everything that happens on the Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. the sliding and the like opera fight scene. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah great stuff and it's a villain who you're convinced the whole time can beat mac mm-hmm. right obviously doesn't but like you know he has the capability of it i think all that comes together to form the most successful recurring villain of the series uh you know if every season had a, a, a thing like that like you'd have a very modern tv show totally right there um Anyway, that's my piece. Keith, you mixed it up. I can't wait to hear it. I assume uh, it's Aramon, right? That's it is Aramon. <laughs> uh mine, I'm gonna go for Horton. Uh Horton, and, baby. Uh, Horton. Uh and I know like sometimes he's a little ridiculous and sometimes uh I mean, yeah, he's just sometimes ridiculous. Uh but I love like that one, he's mortal, not immortal. Uh mm-hmm. so much like the way you said, like Callus introduces us to like in a way, mythos and all this other stuff kind of comes through uh, the Callus introduction. Horton is our introduction to the Watchers and the Hunters. Um, I love that he has like there's a real strong philosophical motivation. Like while Duncan has a code, Horton also has a weird, twisted code that's like driven mm-hmm. by like jealousy and hate. Um, but in a weird way, it's also like kind of righteous in its own dark way. Like he's like, no, we will not be ruled over by these immortals like and it's like oh okay like i can kind of see what he's getting at here uh yeah if the dialogue was less like raving fascist along yeah. the way it would be <laughs> right. a little easier but yeah i think like his biggest detriment is probably he is just a little goofy um and maybe deployed too many times uh especially like when he comes back as Arimon. but like i don't know part of me didn't hate that they used him as an actor uh i got it no. um so i don't know horton's great i think he's a, a really uh, a different match for for McLeod too, because uh, it's not like he's a better sword fight sword fighter or anything right. like that. He's not stronger, but he has like a, a philosophical bent, uh, and that's pretty cool. Uh, so Horton's my pick, and he has that All right. double of Testa. I've seen doubles before. That's right, and he can make doubles. I've seen of doubles before. <laughs> yeah. See, like those are the kinds of lines. I'm glad you mentioned that line. That is a line <laughs> that on a thirty thousand foot view. I would not have even noticed. Yeah. We probably spent five minutes talking about just yeah. <laughs> line. And like, again, that was a decision based on us going beat by beat. And like every single one of us wrote that the fuck down right. because that's the kind of notes we were taking. Yep. 
It's crazy. Like, where, where's that flashback of him seeing another double? I wish. <laughs> I wish. Insane. Uh, All right. So I, guess the, I guess the candidates we did not pick are Kronos, Xavier St. Cloud. Yeah. Are there other notable candidates? Uh, let me think here. Ari Man. <laughs> Ari Man. Ari Man, yeah. Uh, no. Let's see. Anyone else that came back a few times? Um, hmm. I'm yeah, sure I'm there's one or think. two others. There must yeah. be. I don't know if there are. I couldn't think of any more. Interesting. Huh. So, anyway, How about that? A fairly limited universe to choose from, but right. still a couple of solid. I, I think any of the ones, except maybe Araman, are like very defensible choices. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Like if somebody come in here with Xavier, I'd be like, yeah. oh, sure. He's great. Like, not, yeah, he's perhaps telling that none of us did, but yeah. still very defensible. Yeah, well, he's he's an awesome character. Like, I just. He's not he's not the same. No, he's, he's like all charisma, he's, right? He's more like style and less yeah. substance than the, the yeah. others. Like, I think you love him for the panache. And just like the wild choices about the gas and the hook hand. The hook hand, stuff. we love it. It's just like love the hook hand. Just kind of wild, but yeah. you know, it works. Mm -hmm. So sign me up. He's like <laughs> he's like a good bond bond henchman almost. I yeah. Mean, like he's got he's got the weird like quirks, but he, he works like he, he's great in the Horton and Xavier. Quite the deadly alliance. That's right. Day. Quite the deadly alliance part two. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Eamon, well, let, now let's talk about uh, our favorite one-off villains. Uh, so who is your favorite, like, just one-off character that shows up? One-off villain. Um, part of me thinks we all might have the same one. but I'm I, Oh, say God, I hope so. I, my, mine, I think I wrote down what you wrote, and I'm like, but kind of just as a joke. And so I wrote another one. Uh, so okay. say it, Eamon. Canis. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I have a backup. That's sincere. Yeah. Okay. I, I I do have a backup. I have two backups actually. Oh, okay. Right. So Canis, well, let's, let's just let's just talk Canis about Canis because we all know how insane that was. He's right. just while you're doing that, I will actually think of backups. But <laughs> okay, you don't have He's to. That so... can be your serious choice. Yeah, that can. You don't have to be embarrassed be... by your yeah. ridiculous pick. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've had nothing but warm thoughts about Canis this whole time, like really? since I've seen that episode. He's so ridiculous. Like, I like Canis more than Slan. Like, oh yeah, not even close. Yeah, he's so crazy. He wears like he's dressed in Hot Topic clothes. Yeah. Also, you're a dog guy. Also, I'm a dog guy. Not a catman. Not a catman. Nice. He's like this. This bitch is in heat. Like that's <laughs> the best line of the series. Like <laughs> that's so insane. And, yep. And the performance he gives in, what's his name? Uh Luis Ferreira. Mm. Uh is just wild. Like he commits 1000% to every step of this. Like yep. he was supposed to kill the boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's nuts. And like it's I, I don't know. Of all of these kind of freak of the week kind of episodes and like the what's an over-the-top villain we can deliver, which is a pool they go back to frequently. Even with, like, beloved villains in more serious episodes, like Randall Tex Cobb. Oh, sure. In Line of Fire. Like, it's still very much in this mold of, like, what's the most over-the-top villain we can make? Right. 
And I think uh, this one is the most successful villain in that mold. And I don't think it's, it's not even that close, I don't think. Wow. Because <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's so absurd. He commits to it so hard. And like, it's just pure entertainment. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, wow. And there's nothing else. There's really like the rest of the episode doesn't distract you from the absurdity. Like Line of, the, line of Fire, like, I don't know. Randall takes Cobb is, a, is like a, a Looney Tunes villain in that too but then like you have this tonal discordance where you're also trying to grapple with like i don't know the murder of duncan's family right right (laughs) and like here it's like nope just focus on this wild plot that's solved by dog sex (laughs) that's right (laughs) dog sex anyway what was your backup uh so i had two backup bad guys one was the colonel oh okay wow with the spiders that was your backup yeah for like a serious villain (laughs) just because he was like ah look at this spider Uh, (laughs) and then the other one was markham from reluctant heroes oh okay oh that's a that's a real villain right there yeah that's right yeah he does agree we all like joke that he takes the cake for being the worst person in highlander so Mm -hmm. yeah good pull yeah. Un- un- it's it's a uh, reluctant heroes and unintentional villains uh in yep. that episode yeah Markham wow. is a bad guy my top pick is kamir uh from the wrath of kali Ooh, uh, love it that's a right? great like pick. i i think that that character well the actor's fantastic uh but like we often talk well we've talked about all these reoccurring characters and how you know or even people like Mythos, like we learn about them through a series of episodes. And that really is advantageous uh, to us connecting with them and liking them and building a philosophy around them. Like they did it in one episode, I think. Like uh, we we know what this guy's philosophy is. He's got like a cool fighting style that's unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he fights with the staff, uh, which I'm kind of bummed that we didn't get to see him use that more. Uh, like the flashbacks are crazy. Like everything about that is great. Uh, so I think uh, Kamir takes the cake. Like if they could have replicated characters like Kamir every time, like we wouldn't have that desire for like, oh, I wish they had more like long form villains over a series because like his character was really satisfying to me. Uh, and also like, he's also a character, like sometimes we, we have great uh, villains and we're like, oh, I wish I could see him again in an episode. I don't even need to see him again. Like, I don't know if I'd gain That's anything true. more if he was in another episode, like knocked it out of the park with that character. So he's my pick. Yeah, I think that's a great pick. pick. Uh, I sign on to that wholeheartedly. Good episode, good pick. All right. Shall we move on? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. All right, we're going to talk about uh, the podcast itself and not just uh, Highlander the series. So Eamon, what is like your favorite episode of uh, the show? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I really like our episode of Courage. Yeah. Um, I thought we had good discussions on that one. Um, we all liked that episode a lot. And I feel like it's an episode that doesn't get talked about a lot in the fandom, mm, yeah. um, at least from what I've seen. Um, and I think that's a really standout episode of the series and our podcast. I was, I was proud of that one. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, good pick. Um, yeah. And, Runner-up, I, I liked our Wrath of Kali discussion as well. That was another that good was one. One of our better episodes. I I have that one flagged as well. Mm. But I will say my top pick, perhaps less serious, might be the Christmas party that we threw. 
Oh, oh I didn't even think yeah. of those. You know, yeah. really uh, good pick. Good pick. Yeah, that was insane. Which which, which <laughs> one? The one where the I forgot board. to turn off the camera and you weren't there. No, not that. Yeah, the that one. That's the one I meant. Yeah. Um, no, the uh, I, I suppose there are two of them, right? We did one where we did a Christmas party and another where we read a Christmas Carol as the various guests. Uh huh. And then uh, was that the same one that had a, a song at the end? Was the I Christmas... believe that was the one with the song. Oh, that song. Together in my mind, but what an insane yeah. series of decisions we made that led to doing that. And I don't know. I'm glad we did it. Probably oh, yeah. no one liked it. Everyone was probably like, why aren't they talking about Highlander? I'm going to turn this off. But <laughs> it was fun and weird. So yeah. it's getting my pick. No, that's great. That um, was a lot of fun. We we recorded uh what, what's the name of the song um you call uh, tomato tomato or whatever yeah how many times did we record that uh, too many too many yeah. ridiculous Eamon, you did great in it uh, oh thank you uh, Kyle and I not so much uh, that's why <laughs> that's why I cut the chorus out of the song it's not even in there anymore <laughs> we recorded a whole chorus and uh, it wasn't really working uh, also Eamon, in the the Christmas party episode I will never forget your. Uh, your great bit of improv when we're like, who's at the door? AP. And we're like, oh, hey, AP. And you're like, I'm the Associated Press. <laughs> like, what? Which is pretty was great. Fun. It was fun. Thank yeah, you. they were a lot of fun. Yeah, I think the I think the fans are uh, very divided over those episodes, but oh well. We haven't I done one in a while. might be uh, overselling it. I think that they just don't like it. Mm. <laughs> like, they're divided in that we like it and they don't. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It was a lot. It was a lot of fun, though. I enjoyed yeah, doing. It. They were cool. Um, my favorite episode might be a little controversial as well, which Ooh. is Brothers in Arms. Uh, oh, I about that one too. Well, I for a couple of reasons. One, it's a good episode, and I think we had lots to talk about. Like there was lots yeah. to sink our teeth yes. into with you know the origin of Joe and the Watchers and mm -hmm. uh, the the crazy villain uh, Bodison. Wolfgang Bodison, right? Uh, a great oh, script a great... also by Maury. He's... He's on my short list for best villain. Yeah, he's too. also Me ridiculous, too. but yeah. like he's subtler in kind than mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. these other ones. Uh, we also delved into a lot of like uh, you know kind of moral discussions about like that's the episode where Charlie bites it, uh, you know. Yeah. And so we had to talk about like well Duncan's relationship with Charlie. Why didn't he tell him? Like there was a lot of stuff to dig our teeth into. Uh, I remember the first part of that episode is I think re really funny. Like we have a lot of energy. There's a lot of jokes. It's really great. Uh, the reason it might be a little controversial is it also goes off the rails. Uh, that is the the episode that we- Oh, is might... this the entrance to Joe episode where we almost get in a fist fight? <laughs> yes. We get into a legitimate argument live <laughs> on the podcast, which much of it was edited out. Uh, and like, we had to take a break. And so like I, that episode holds a weird place in my heart that it, I think it is both really good. And then we come back hours later after a fight and a lot of heavy drinking and try to wrap it up as quickly as possible. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't know how much of it really comes across in the episode itself because we edited around a lot of, you know, controversial stuff. Uh, but uh, that's it. Still stands out to me, even though it has that moment in it. Uh, it's a very good episode. Yeah, wild. Yeah, and that's the one where they make like a fake Vietnam or whatever. Yeah, it looks yeah, really good. Like right. Yeah. Oh, and there's yeah, some really rough stuff. Uh, yeah, because he gets uh, there's uh, one of the soldiers gets someone what pregnant or something, and they they shoot her, and mm -hmm. yeah, there's it's 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 got some dark stuff. There's a lot going on in that episode, uh, and then it ends in a on a paintball course, which is yep. 
<laughs> insane, but weird. Yeah, very because, weird. Because Wolfgang Bodison likes paintball. Yep. Right. Like, well, I like shooting people in real life. So what's the next best thing? Shooting people with paint in real life? Mm-hmm. That could be the ultimate Highlander rewatched episode. It, it's like, good. It's got like, it's it's ticking a lot of boxes going back mm-hmm. over. That was yeah. a, that's a good sleeper pick, Keith. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So next question for you guys is: Are there any episodes you've changed your mind about since we initially discussed them, either for better, or for worse? Any maybe hot takes on a thing you had that you would rather you know retract or revise? Anything like that? Eamon, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, I have two. Um, and we, we kind of talked about one of them earlier in the month or last month, so I'm not going to wax too much on it. But my esteem for the gathering like lowered a little bit after the recent rewatch. Okay. And, you know, I didn't want to be too negative, um, but I, I just kind of watched it with my girlfriend and I just watching it with somebody that wasn't familiar with the show. I was kind of like, I don't know if this episode is like working as well as I want it to. Right. Um, and not like there are other episodes I think she could have watched where she would appreciate the show a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is the darkness, which I really liked initially. Oh, and now I'm kind of like, I don't know if this was really the best decision to like kill Tessa off in this way. Like I just, it doesn't, it doesn't work with season six, what becomes of season six. And I know they weren't planning for this, but like, sure. killing Tessa off in that weird way is part, a big part of why the, last two episodes of season six don't really work for us or for totally me. um so i was like eh, is that good and then the weird psychic person in darkness <laughs> that's uh, right <laughs> yeah. we, haven't, we hadn't been going back to the well of darkness jokes as frequently as we did but granted yeah. that's a season two bit so yeah, we're the darkness uh 45 right. going back to the well so yeah mm. Mm. oh gross so my pick for this one, I focused on something a little different than Eamon. I kind of focused more on an episode where the conversation itself helped me as opposed to like the the passage of time. Okay. Uh, so one episode that I liked less before we talked about it was Blind Faith. Ah, yeah. It was an episode where I was just like, eh, like it's got all the moral stuff, but like I just found it less entertaining than than perhaps it was, but uh, talking with with you jerks about it and like breaking down some of the, the nuances of that question, I think in, improved its status in my mind. And I think, you know, whether it was reflected in my final scoring or not, I don't recall, but I, I've, I have positive feelings about that episode that I don't think I had after I finished my personal viewing of it. Interesting. Uh, let me take a look at the, the scores real quick, Kyle, and I can tell you what you initially gave it. Uh, let's see here. Blind Faith Musical Guest. Oh, interesting, Kyle. You're saying that you didn't like it so much. Your score of it was actually a four. I think I think I would have given it like a two point five or a three prior to our conversation. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see. So doing the podcast actually increased your enjoyment of the episode. Right. Cool. Cool. But in a way that, like, the I remember seeing it and going like, "Eh." yeah. Like feeling a little cold about it, right. but it it you know it it got some teeth when we chatted. Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. So all for you, mine, uh, this might be a hot take. So Ooh. I looked over my scores and I was trying to think like what episodes that I really like, maybe didn't like. 
pretty much overall, I was like, no, I feel pretty good about how I scored these episodes and like, what are just my personal favorites and why I like them. Uh, but here's the hot take. Uh, there might be two I'd drop a point and Ooh. it would be, this is, this is rough, leader of the pack. Mm -hmm. And well, leader of the pack, I gave a three to. And, and you would drop the three. I it's so and and Mountain Men I gave a three point five two. And I think yeah. the only reason I would change the ratings, I'll also say I enjoy the hell out of those episodes. They are so much fun. But I feel like in part mm -hmm. my ratings are based on how batshit crazy they are. Like mm -hmm. almost the oh. criteria for judging them is slightly different. Like I while while Leader of the Pack is insane and features dog sex and a floating house. And all sorts of weird stuff. Uh, like else. it's a very different silly episode than Unusual Suspects or The Stone of Schoon. Um, right. Like it's unintentionally silly, it would seem. Mm -hmm. uh, so part of me would think like, mm, I know why I rated it higher. I mean, it's still just a three. It's not like it's knocked out of the park. Uh, but like if right. I had to change one, like my our criteria for those are just a little different, I think. Uh, so I might say it's a 2.5 or a two. I don't know. I, I think it's okay that the criteria for them is different. Like, I agree that we're not assessing it quite the same way as we right. assess, like, the Valkyrie. Sure. But that doesn't, like, but I don't know that each episode needs to be on that scale for our rating. No, not necessarily. And that's why I kind of wanted to couch it in that. Like, I still love those episodes, and, like, the Mountain Men voices are absolutely nuts. But at the same time, like, the plot of that episode is ridiculous. Like, yeah. it seems like it's uh, stolen from a movie. It's, you know, they kidnap mm -hmm. Tessa, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, is this really great? Eh, shrug. Uh, but the performances and ridiculousness of it, like, help overcome those uh, pitfalls. Uh, you know. Glistening Duncan. That's right. Glistening Duncan running through the, the water. I'm glistening. He tracks like a native. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so next thing we wanted to talk about are some perhaps uh, unsung heroes of the Highlander universe. Uh, we thought we'd just like kind of call some attention to these characters because I don't know, this, some of them have gotten some uh, a lot of play on the podcast, uh, but some haven't, and also some haven't haven't been talked about in a long time. Uh, so we thought since we're revisiting kind of the whole series, it might be good to talk about some of these like ancillary characters. Uh, so we're going to talk about them all: Charlie, Anne, Maurice, Darius. Tessa to a degree, and even Randy McFarlane. So let's start at the top. Charlie DeSalvo, what do we think of him? He was kind of a um, max sidekick. I love Charlie. Yeah. Uh, I think he was uh, served poorly by his uh, death. Um, sure. I'm like, does he really? They kind of get rid of him, and they bring him back, and then they kill him. And I feel like yeah. they, just, they just do it for, like, drama or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, with this... They do it in part because they want to like build this cleave between Mac and Joe. That I don't know they ever truly managed to capitalize on. Like all of the Mac Joe breakups throughout the show, I don't know that any of them really are all that successful mm -hmm. from like a storytelling perspective. Because a lot of times they just involve them behaving badly, and that's kind of the heart of it. Like right. there's no, they don't like build anything worthwhile with the drama necessarily. Which then just like you look at the death that created it and you're like, why? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I will carve this position out. Charlie, perhaps the most upsetting omission from the finale. Yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah. Because this is the character who is dead and 
would seemingly be dead because of Mac, mm -hmm. potentially. Yeah. Like, at least that's a thing that Mac could fairly think. Right. And but like, that is not explored or mentioned or anything like that in this to be, not to be, even though we spent many seasons with this guy and many beloved episodes. Yeah. Yeah, and like, he's specifically dead because Mac wouldn't tell him why he shouldn't go after right. uh, Wolfgang Bodison. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, like, secrets kill him in a way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. He's there to, like, I don't know, it's almost a superhero thing. Like, we need Mac to keep his secret from somebody. So we get this character. And also, I mean, he's supposed, he's the proprietor of the dojo. So it gives Mac this, like, kind of new location. But, like, I, I just feel like the show, perhaps because of the time period it was written in, just doesn't want to move things forward. Like, it, it needs to always be resetting. So, like, we don't see Charlie slowly putting this all together and then learning about it. We see him, like maybe question some stuff, Mac dodges it. And then in the next episode, he questions some stuff, dodges it. Like it, it never really moves past that first, like just questioning stage. Uh, like there's no detective work. There's no, I don't know. There's it's the, the, the relationship doesn't evolve. Um, and also like, I don't know, like he's a martial arts, like expert. Like, I feel like maybe there could be a, like one of my favorite scenes is when they like fight and spar together. I think that's really fun. Uh, no. But like that's not capitalized on either, I suppose. Like, does Mac learn stuff from Charlie about like, you know, maybe Mac's training has all been in the past, and Charlie's got new techniques or stealth stuff, or... some Krav Maga or some shit. Yeah, just whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, that being said, like, uh, he's a great character. Like, I love their relationship. Uh, oh, like, yeah. There's a lot of like you feel like they're friends, uh, which is good. But I, I kind of wish there was more to it uh, than that, which is a bummer that they just kill him off. It's a good right, performance. Peter. It's a good yeah. performance. That's right. How about Anne, Miss Anne Lindsay? Girlfriend for a season. Yeah, and at least gets some version of a send-off. Yes. Yeah. Sends her off to that doghouse. <laughs> the doghouse, right? Yeah. The literal doghouse. Uh, after the Blitz. You know, she's another person who gets a dubious send-off just in the context of which it happens. You know, that's a an episode that I think we fairly drag on. Yeah. I, I kind of like I don't know. We we're we're on the outside with Dr. Ann Lindsay. Dr. Ann Lindsay. That's where, right, she's back. Uh I like Ann. I don't know. I I see all this vitriol about Ann on online. It's, it's crazy. Like, Ann. And I'm like, I don't know. Duncan, as we established, kind of gave her a raw deal. But yep. I I think she's a fine actress. I think yep. she does great with what she's given and i don't i don't really have a, a big issue with Anne. i like dan yeah you're right to point out the vitriol online like i do find like there are like you can follow threads online and people are like i fucking hate Anne. i fucking yeah. hate her and it's just like what why like what <laughs> like we i think we've done a very good job on our podcast of pointing out why we shouldn't hate Anne, why it's duncan's fault and then conversely why it's also the writer's fault like they wrote her in a particular way uh, just like Charlie, like they don't want her to find out stuff. So it ends up inadvertently or advertently keeping her at arm's length. And it feels like people are like, oh, she's nagging Duncan. No, yep. no. If these two people were just in a relationship, a, a mortal, normal relationship in the real world, uh, Duncan would be a really bad boyfriend. And you would do right to say like, and your relationship is toxic. Got to go. Like, uh, yeah. so give me some rum. <laughs> That's right. Give me some rum. <laughs> Love it. But, uh, you know, I don't think she needed to come back in the finale, but you know, we obviously haven't heard from this character from a very for a very long time. So, mm -hmm. salutations to Anne. Salutations to Anne. How about Maurice? Oh, 
Maurice. Good old Maurice. Good what old happens Maurice? to Maurice? He's just, he just disappears. disappears. Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah, like, the... it, it's like they just want us to forget he ever existed, which maybe that's yeah. actually what they wanted. But right. Yeah. I remember the first episode Maurice appears. I think I'm like, fuck this character. I hate <laughs> yeah, <you're> Maurice. Right. <laughs> and I like him now and I miss him. And I wish he came back. I don't know what it is. Maybe he just, I mean, he's a good actor. They don't really give him like anything good to do. Yeah. Like he's just a bumbling idiot. Right. But... Do, do you think he was like maybe too much part of the show? Like, I mean, he's like an opening credits actor. Like part of me feels like having this like kind of just man about town that Duncan knows who provides some comic relief would be fun to see pop up every once in a while. Like he has run-ins with yeah. her. But like, I think they, he was in a lot of episodes and they try to like incorporate him into the story. Like Maurice, you need to do this. And like, it's like, what now? Like, I don't know. I, I'd rather him just be a little bit of color in the in the, in the, right. the world of Highlander. Uh, well, they like, give him like a serious episode. I'm like, oh, that's uh, right. I don't know about this. Like where his daughter's in trouble yeah. And, like, yeah. or his niece or whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, eh. Is that I reasonable know. doubt? Yes. Yeah. I think where so. Duncan has reasonable doubt and kicks the shit out of that dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. They... He's a character, I don't think they knew what they were, I don't think he really had a plan. They wrote in this comic relief and it's really jarring at first. But once you like, I think that's what we all kind of had an initial negative reaction for him. But once he's like wormed his way in and you just accept it, it's okay. Right. Like I think yeah. it's okay for what it is. But then, you know, I think the the writers had like buyer's remorse on the whole thing. And they're yeah. just like, okay. Yeah. And as the story goes, apparently the the French uh, financiers of the, the the show were not too like they wanted a French character in it, and then the French character they got was a, a silly drunken... a silly drunk, and it's like oh that's a not what we wanted lecherous foodie yeah, yeah. right who peek, peeks on Duncan's like women yep. boat boat guests through the windows that's right yeah it's not a flattering portrayal for sure that's right no. Uh, let's talk about Darius, uh, a first season only uh, character, but we feel the ramifications of him through the whole show, it would seem. so. Werner Stocker, who passed away prematurely, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's a good character, good actor. He has a great presence. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's cool that they, like, his specter remains, uh, not to be, you know, disrespectful or whatever, but through the whole show, like, they, they, they bring him back as like a, a big thing in Duncan's life. And that's cool. I like yeah. that. I have a question. We've never talked about this. Would you have ever preferred a character like that be recast in a show? Like that this? is the question I was going to ask. Hey, look at that. Not, which was like, obviously they made the decision to like work with the drama to make like to make that ramp up the stakes between him and Horton, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is fine. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's one way to use him. I was... You know, there's the question of do they recast him, and then similarly, I'm surprised they didn't more overtly replace him. Right. You know I mean, come up with a new character that fulfills a similar function. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they chose to do neither of those two things, which I think is interesting. Well, it's interesting. Oh, I think that was like conscious, though. I mean, I think there was a point where in what was the episode, um, the one with Nefertiri. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter. I think they had intended, in some degree, for her former husband uh, or lover to be maybe the new old wise character, because uh, mm -hmm. he was so old and like was into history. 
But I think like Darius does get replaced, but it's mythos. Like they decided just to go the opposite way from what I remember from David Abramowitz saying that like, instead of like an old wise character, we're going to have this like young smart ass character uh, instead. So, uh, yeah. and who's like, and whose moral philosophy was very different, which was like, you know, shit happens instead of like Darius's more nuanced uh, <laughs> like approach to humanity. Um, right. It's interesting to picture what the show might've been like if they, if like, not to say angel and devil, but like, similar like yeah having like a darius voice and a mythos voice kind of pulling back in different directions in terms of his involvement or non-involvement in various things is kind of interesting yeah that would have been cool mm -hmm. i like i don't i wouldn't object to like another character being recast but i don't think Werner stocker could have been recast he's just yeah. too he's too like he looks too interesting his voice is too interesting like mm -hmm. he's just a very like like Batman, you can recast Batman, like, and you know, with varying results. But like, an actor, an actor like Werner Stocker, he's tough to tough to replace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I kind of like that they they let the ramifications of his death, like, you know, push the story forward with the hunters, and uh, and obviously that was a decision that was forced. Uh, but like, that they always are flashing back to Darius, and I think that's like pretty satisfying for the viewers to like always remember that like oh Duncan has this wise mentor that he has lost and like what were the lessons that Darius taught like that that's always a reminder uh in the show which is pretty cool I think uh so yeah it's a he's yeah. he's a great character and like it's it is remarkable how few episodes he's in yet you would Just say like I mean he gets a piece on the chessboard right like he's yeah. important uh like rightfully so uh in a weird way uh but like, yeah, for a character that's only in so many episodes, uh, yeah, he's, his ramifications are felt throughout the series. Next up, we got Tessa. This is a weird one to talk about because again, she's only in, you know, uh, season one and a handful of uh, guest spots. So, yeah, um... and she does indeed come back in the finale. I think part of the that's part of the reason I want to talk about her because they chose to give her story this end cap in a way that's deeply unsatisfying to me. Like yeah. their their take on like Tessa's alternative life is bullshit. And, like, <laughs> right. It's just it just rings so hollow. But it was all just to try to get Mac and Tess to like make out again. That was right, all right. that was the singular focus of it and to the expense of all else. And it really I think ends up hollowing out some this character in a lot of ways. Mm. Uh that's my piece. Anyway, like a like a hollow man, if you will. Yes, that's right. Like Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. That's right. <laughs> you see, his his hollowed out wiener. Oh boy, what what do we what do we think of her as like a character? Uh, you know, like I I know I'll I'll start a bit. I I sometimes am torn about her. Like, I sometimes feel that she is the damsel in distress, like way too much. And you know, the reason they got rid of her was because like that function on the show just couldn't keep going um yeah. you know uh we didn't get to see more conversations about them maybe having children or like i i just i, I don't know what kind of other stories you might tell with a character like that um which is maybe a bummer um like sometimes yeah. she feels more plot device than fully fleshed out character i agree i i don't really you know Again, talking about like the, the the fan community of which we are, you know, even though we've been doing this for six years, we're still like newer additions and like sure. people love Tess. People they love do. Tess. I don't know if I 
have the same affinity for Tess. Like, mm-hmm. I think she's a good actor. I was glad to see her come back, even though, like Kyle said, they kind of, you know, screwed the pooch with her characterization and like, right. like in A Wonderful Life, when he sees his wife, she's like an old maid, which has its own problems. But it's like, at least to the viewer, it seems like she's doing worse without right george and yeah it's just weird totally Mm. like part of me is like fine with them getting rid of her yeah i I guess so yeah i I agree with you i don't have the same sort of sentimentality to tess uh and i don't know if it's just because like i mean maybe a lot of people identify with her as a character they like the romance they like you know and that's not uh maybe at the forefront of why i love highlander i do appreciate all the romance romantic elements of it uh in so far that it's couched within the rest of it um but yeah i don't know i'm i'm yeah test for me is a, i don't want to say a shrug that's it maybe does her a disservice but um yeah I, I i don't know i i did not mind when she was written off the show it was not like the show was over for me kyle yeah. any thoughts i i mean i wholly agree and like they just couldn't find exactly what they wanted this character to do in the show other than get captured and be an exposition device right and they found other ways to have exposition. And then like they got her kidnapped 10 times, including by non-immortals yeah. left and right. So it's just like shrug. Yeah. You know, what's also kind of weird. Like she doesn't replace the Darius role. Like there's a few glimpses of moral conversations with her and Duncan. Like when she says in the, the Beast Below episode, like, hey, Duncan, you know, we don't murder people that are like, uh, you know, um, mentally, you know, disabled. That is not something that is appropriate. And like, that's just kind of thrown out there. But it's like, it's it is in some ways kind of weird that like Duncan doesn't go to his like life partner to say like, I'm struggling with this thing we should talk about it. And like, she might be also like the fact that she's an artist, like connected to the humanities. Like, I feel like that could have been some, some ground to cover that she could have been a a moral center for, for Duncan, Uh, especially that she's mortal too. Is that like, I have a different take on morality maybe than you do because I exist now in this time and place. Uh, And, and your take is a very different thing that's outside of my scope. But uh, I don't know. That's Tessa though. That is Tessa. That is Tessa. Tessa and, Noel. and we got one more to go. Randy McFarland. Oh, season Rando. one. That's right, Rando. She's not our favorite character. By but any Amanda, stretch. Yeah. Amanda Wiss is great and was one of our first interviews yeah. on no, the show. What a delight. Yeah, uh, Randy McFarland is uh, not a great character at no fault of Amanda Wiss. Uh, it no. is a, another character. I think I think you compare her, her a lot to like Charlie DeSalvo, that like. Mm-hmm we have this character that we maybe want to figure out the secret, but we're just never going to let it happen. And uh, yeah, it, it, she became stagnant and it just, uh, I don't know. It doesn't work. And off she went. Off yeah. she went. Yeah. But she, she still likes her posts on Instagram. Love that. Can't beat yeah. that. Everyone follow Amanda yeah. Wiss on Instagram and Twitter. Do it. Yeah, do it. And if you're into horror stuff, you know, she's always uh, posting, uh, you know, horror conventions and mm-hmm. live streams, uh, you know, with a lot of the cast from the movie and all this stuff. So, yeah, if you're into that, follow Amanda Wiss. It's a good follow. Yeah, yeah, you should follow it. That's right. Guys, next up is what was your favorite moral question the show brought up or favorite moral conversation we had on the podcast? Uh, Kyle, do you want to kick us off on that one, Mr. Philosophy? So, I, I'm I'm selecting this one in part just because of what I mentioned earlier in terms of it increasing my appreciation. So I'm going to go with blind faith. That was uh, mine. Oh, there we go. Great. It 
it is the it is the most direct tackling of something that comes up very frequently in this, which is how does immorality have to interact with justice? And like, how long is too long for a, like, do, does the crime go stale? And what is Duncan's obligation as like a person who knows that, you know, these immortal beings are following different rules? What are, what, what are his obligations in terms of carrying out justice mm -hmm. in light of the, the immortality? And I think all that stuff is great. And this is the, we touch on it frequently, but this is the, the nail on the head, direct tackling of that question. And it's great. Awesome. Yeah, I concur with you, Kyle. Uh, I will also say, like, our conversation was really interesting uh, because it's an interesting conversation to have because it is complicated. Uh, and it's complicated uh, in real life uh, to talk about yes. these stuff. And obviously even more complicated to talk about in in the, the, the format of this fantasy show where people live hundreds of years. Uh, but I think, like, we even learned about each other in a weird way. Like, we got to understand, like, all of us approach justice maybe differently or morality or what our value like our value systems are like there's all these things that are at play in how these things interact like it's it's impossible to talk about like one dimensionally uh it's a very complicated issue uh so it was really fun to talk about and like we could honestly probably talk about it for hours and hours more uh so yeah my pick as well nice kyle Amen. Nice. what's what's your pick sir um, so I interpreted the question, moral question or discussion. So I kind of went with my favorite discussion. Sure. Um, oh, and it kind of ties in with one of my earlier picks. Um, but our discussion about Markham and reluctant heroes <laughs> and how we just thought he was a horrible person and like not sympathetic at all. I really like that conversation and how we just kind of zeroed in on that on that episode and i just feel like that's kind of emblematic of the show where we kind of pick up on this weird thing that doesn't isn't really the main focus of the show but we kind of are like oh, what about that's this? a good point though i mean to, to pull on that thread for a second i think this is i mean sometimes i think it's fair to question when we analyze every little thing the to the extent we do the, the value generated from that this is a good example of, I think, where it generates a lot of value. Because this episode really does not that strongly invite us to criticize Markham. Yeah. No. Like, I, don't, I, I think it's, it's very quick. The moral question is really focused on Duncan and Richie and what their obligations are. It's not really about Markham and his decisions as a moral actor in this circumstance. Right. And I think our conversation actually really is insightful in the sense that it focuses on something that this episode takes for granted and should not have. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that there is moral work being done in that conversation that I think a 30,000 view, foot view would gloss over entirely in part because this episode inappropriately in my view asks us to gloss over it. Right. Yeah. So, and Mark and garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So end of rant on that. But Eamon, I think that actually is a really a good pick. Um and I, I just think, our strengths a bit. Yeah. I, I just think about that guy all the time and how, <laughs> yeah. sucky, how sucky he is. Yeah. No, that's yeah, well, a really good such thing. a bad faith actor. And yep. that's yeah. the the real heart of the whole thing. It's gotta mm -hmm. have that grocery store, man. Yeah. Do anything. It's gotta, gotta, no matter what the what the consequences are. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. Very good. All right. Well, this brings us to the the centerpiece of the episode, the moment you've all been waiting for, I'm sure, uh, our top 10 episodes. So we're going to go around in a circle. And anytime uh, someone mentions an episode that happens to be higher on someone else's list, we're going to table our discussion. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about each episode very briefly. Uh, whoever picks the episode can lead the discussion about why they picked it, why they like it so much, and why it deserves uh, to be in their kind of top 10 favorite episodes. Um, so, Eamon, do you want to kick us off? Uh, we'll go sure. keep going around in a circle. So, you're number 10. Yes, my number 10 is The Innocent. Ah, The Innocent. Oh. Do either of you have that on your list? I don't, although I do Ooh, like that oh, episode quite a bit. I am stunned that that is not on my list. Mm. I'm almost surprised it's not on my list either. Uh, so, Eamon, tell us, tell us about The uh, the Innocent and why it's your one of your favorites. So, The Innocent um, has an immortal character who has uh, who is mentally disabled. Um, if hopefully that's the correct term politically, um, but I, I just and and Duncan and Richie kind of struggle on how to deal with him, and I just I think it's taking the mythology in a very interesting way. Um, and the 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 actor Pruitt Taylor Vince I think delivers a great performance that yeah. isn't like too over the top or insulting, um, and just like kind of playing with the mythology. I, I wish they did more episodes like this. Um, yeah. And there, are, there, there, there's some sticky, sticky moral areas. Um, the one weakness is the bad guy really sucks in this episode. Like, I don't even remember his name, and he doesn't yeah. have good motivation. It's, um, it, yeah, that's telling. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just there to be the catalyst for Mikey's in danger. So. Right. But like all the Mike, like Mikey's performance and just the questions it raises and kind of the 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 little hiccup it gives in the Highlander like mythology, I think is really great. And I, mm. I like this episode a lot. Yeah. It's very good. Great pick. What, what would you have thought of this episode? If the villains, if the villains motivation was to euthanize Mikey. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Oh man. Tricky. That's even more complicated. Yeah. Like some Dr. Kevorkian immortal. Who's like, mm -hmm. like keeping been... him, keeping him this way is immoral. Like yeah. what you are doing is wrong. Like, yeah. That would have been good. You're setting this guy up for an eternity of like anguish and suffering that he can't fully understand. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, no, it's a uh, good good stuff to to think about. Uh, Kyle, yeah. what is your number ten favorite episode? My number ten is Wrath of Kali. Ah, Ooh. that is on my list, so we're gonna table that. As well, table for now. But, All right. Uh, a Very great good. one. Keith, right. number 10. My number 10 uh, is an episode that's come up many times already is Blind Faith. Uh, is that on anyone's Ooh, list? That is not on my list. Okay, since we, we've talked about it a few times, so I'll be quick, yeah. but it is with the Immortal Cage, Kieran. Um, and I know it's not the most exciting episode, which I think was our biggest you know criticism of it that like mm -hmm. there's no story it's yeah it's uh it's almost boring i'd say except like you said kyle this the questions they're asking are like really potent um i love the way richie interacts with these questions like that's something that i i miss uh, a lot about richie too like that richie approaches all these things with like a, a fresh mind um mm -hmm. You know, it's not just about Duncan training him. It's about that Richie has like a different perspective on things or is trying often to- often a less cynical perspective. Yeah, and is trying to like weed his way through this stuff. Um, and so, yeah, Richie approaches Kieran. It's like, no, this guy seems like a good guy. Like I can get behind what he's doing at that that ashram or whatever he has. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a complicated episode that I feel is, and also it's like relatable. Like we all can understand what it means to forgive somebody and 
do we give them forgiveness? Do we let, or I should even say that, do we let ourselves forgive a person for whatever? Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's uh, really great. Um, so yeah, that's my number 10. It's a meaty. Good choice. Meaty, yeah. meaty baby. <laughs> meaty baby. Uh, Eamon, you're number nine. Uh, my number nine is leader of the bank. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is higher on my list. Wow. Ooh. That's wow. so funny because I was like, I would take points away from this episode. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's Little higher table. on Kyle's list as well. So we're tabling that. All yeah. right, Kyle, you're number nine. My number nine is Little Tin God. Ah, oh, cool. damn. Not on my list. Not on mine yeah. either, but a, a good pick. That this is a great one episode. That, uh, prior to our rewatch, would not have even been in my memory, but this is one that's really stuck with me. Um, I think they just do a really good job of playing with the way immortality interacts with you know faith and religion. And the way these uh, these characters end up interpreting it throughout, and then what Duncan is supposed to do is someone who has all this information dealing with a person who's like questioning their own faith and whatnot. It all just kind of works in yeah. a way that I think is really satisfying. Mm -hmm. And the preacher like walking <laughs> to like go face him is yeah. just like an amazing like kind of moment yeah uh, and also i think it's our first uh, is it our first south american uh immortal like we we don't get into that mythology uh in this show yes. this might be the only yeah. kind of touch on on that uh which is pretty cool uh, i kind of wish they did more of that so right and that's that's a good piece of history to kind of touch on and I, that, that's one of my favorite like flashbacks that's a really good one yeah cool good yeah, pick, i Kyle. think it's just an all-around quality episode it delivers a lot of highs nice agreed all right, mine might be on uh, other people's lists, but my number nine is the Samurai. That's yeah, on I'm mine. Gonna, I'm all right, guess that's on all the lists. Okay, cool. Um, all right, Eamon, you're number eight. My number eight is Duende. All right. Slightly higher on my list. All right, <laughs> we're moving through this. Uh, all right, Kyle, you're number eight. My number eight is Leader of the Pack, baby. Boom, <laughs> boom. All right, let's talk about it. You and Eamon can talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this episode fucking rules. Yeah. Uh, it just does. Um, okay. Also, one thing, I'll, I'll talk about something for the, the short, short version is Mac fights an immortal who fights with dogs and his <laughs> outfit is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. One thing I actually said earlier this episode that's not entirely true. I had said, uh, or let me put it this way, I overstated it. I said that the villain is not like festooned with other drama. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other drama associated with it. That is true, but that is not to say that there isn't drama in this episode. Because the other plot of this episode is that Richie confronts Tess's killer. Oh, I, you're right. Yes. And he's like, <laughs> and like Stan Kirsch, I think, crushes this yes. episode. Yes. Like he does really well. So there's like this very serious B plot, basically, mm. with this completely ridiculous A plot. Yeah. about a, a dog immortal who sniffs and says this bitch is in heat yes. it yeah. just combines for just like an absolutely wild experience i think among if you want to ever have like a like the the camp category of highlander episodes of which there are many examples i you might be able to put 25 percent of the show <laughs> like this campy category this is the king of the hill and there's no <laughs> like it's not even close right, right. yeah uh, well it's still like the house floats up in the air. I'm like, <laughs> I kind of wish there were more quickenings that were this stupid, like, <laughs> right. that weren't just explosions. I mean, the explosions are cool, but 
they did a thing. They took yeah. a swing yeah. and it happened. And it's yeah. wild. Like it's yeah. just nuts. Also, he does a backflip over this guy's head to decapitate him. Yep. Also yep. completely insane, but it rules. I yeah. don't know. Yep. It's great. Yeah. I'll it's also great. say, Kyle, uh, to retract a little bit, to, to take a little bit of a step back, I, I mentioned earlier that I, I might take a point away from this episode, but I also completely forgot that the, the, the test plot gets wrapped up in this, which also was probably a reason I gave it a crazy. three, uh, yeah. because like that is a crucial part of this episode and is great. Uh, mm -hmm. So there we go. Uh, Eamon, anything else you'd like to add about Leader of the Pack? The only, like... I just yeah I love it I love the 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 campiness and uh, Richie gives an amazing performance when he yeah. freaks out on this guy like my only complaint about it is like Duncan isn't really involved in the test murder plot and that's, yeah. that's it's interesting bizarre. he he makes the decision early to let it to let it go yeah right. and Richie can't let it go. And Duncan yeah. comes to that conclusion very quickly. Like, yeah, that might be this. That would be the center point of an episode. Like with Mac. Like, what do I do with this? Like, and yeah. Mac is like, oh, he's got a wife and a kid. I I'm gonna go. And he doesn't seem to wrestle with it as much as Richie wrestles with it. Yeah. The thing I honestly, the thing I like about it is not so much the decision itself because I think you might question like, oh, this was a little fast. Mm -hmm. But I love that it lets Richie be the center of this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Richie is the one who drives the action here because he has his own independent reasons to be upset. Yeah. Right. Good anyway, stuff. What's your number eight? My number eight is finale one slash two. I, you know, oh, you mind. Them? I, okay. I grouped them. I, you know. All right. That's well, fine. That being said, I like, I like finale part one more uh, because finale part two has a lot of great, like, show stopping, you know, set pieces in it, but like, the plot, the things just kind of churn along uh, in in part two, uh, but the meat of it is in finale part one. Uh, I picked it because it is the capstone oh, to the. It's it's, uh, it's higher on my list, so we'll. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, moving on then. We'll table that for a minute. All right, number seven, Mr. Amon. Number seven on my list is the Wrath of Kali. That is higher on my list. So that's appeared on all of our lists so far. Yeah, we'll have to compile a list uh, at the end of this to see which which episodes all three of us picked as the best. Yeah. Uh, that'll be interesting. Okay, right, so uh, do we do we talk about it now? Or no, no because it's higher on my oh, list. Oh, it's higher on your list. That's got right. It, got it, got it. Uh, uh, I suspect this will also be higher. Uh, but number seven for me is Duende. Mm. And Eamon, you've already mentioned it. Yep. Uh, it is. It is. It is. I'll say right now, it's not even on my list. Oh. Wow. wow. So wow. actually, we're talking about it now. Yep. We're talking, we talking about it now. About it. All right. Well, I love. Um, uh, uh, I'm I'm forgetting the actor's name. How am I doing? Anthony. Anthony Delonges. Yeah. Yeah, he's great, and I wanted I wanted him to be on this list, and I, I think this is the stronger episode for him. Um, I don't think that's that's probably not debatable. But um, and the Duende fight is just cool. I don't it's know. It's cool. I, I was hearing about it the whole time we were doing this podcast and I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. It lives up to the hype, right? It does. Yeah. That's, that's the exact phrase I was going to use. It yeah. like lives up to the hype in the way that like, I don't know, the Joe Mythos team up ep episode in my mind, doesn't quite live up to the hype. This sword fight mm -hmm. thousand percent. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's there. Yep. And I love all the telenovela shit. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. this episode, like made a really bold choice on like what it stylistically was going to be and like what the villain was going to be like, and they just a hundred percent commit to it. And yep. I love that it, as a stylistic thing. Like, you know, this lacks the moral question, perhaps, but 
is like a 10 out of 10 on like the other components that I look for in a Highlander yeah. episode. It's so got it good music. It's got cool dancing. Good flashbacks. Yeah. And Delon just like is really good at towing the line between like absurd cartoonish supervillain and like real character. Like he's a good actor. Yeah. yeah. He's fucking evil in this too. It's rough, man. He's just like, yeah. I will torture your mother and now it will come for your yeah. daughter. It's like, and then I'll come for your baby when you have a baby. It's like, oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Nuts. Wow. All right. So that was number seven. All right. So number now, seven. Uh, What's oh yours? no, I didn't, I didn't get my number seven. Excuse me. Uh, my number seven uh, is Stone of Schoon. Oh, not yeah. on my list. Not on my list either. And actually, the the, a thing I debated, but I ultimately decided I didn't want to make room for it was I was like, there should be a representative of that style of episode on my list. But I just like, I don't know. No, I get it. I mean, I I struggle with that too. I was like, should I love the episode so much? Uh, I think all the performances are, you know, knocked out of the park. Uh, You know, seeing Elizabeth, uh, Hugh, and Duncan all together is great um it's just so much fun uh so yeah it's a uh, it's pretty much as simple as that um you know and it, it, it like has great flashbacks as well mm-hmm. uh, but yeah like it shows the lighter side of highlander and that like a completely different kind of storytelling can be done with these this show uh and it still works uh which is pretty cool so yeah and, yeah just seeing those three interact is always a treat and it's a, it's a it's a it's a good humorous episode. Yeah, it's almost like a, a gift to the fans. I think sometimes episodes like this, it's like you've been following mm-hmm. around these characters for years now, and like now you just get to have fun with them, and that's really cool. So that's my number seven. All right, number six, Amen. My number six is Band of Brothers. Ah, Ooh. anyone else have that on their list? I don't. Strong I don't choice though. It's an honorable mention for sure. All right. Yeah. I like the bad guy Grayson. I think he's great as Tony the Tiger would say. That's right. Um, it kind of gives us our first, like, heavy Highlander, like, big bad immortal guy who, like, Duncan doesn't know if he can beat. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives, it us, gives some... us Victor Paulus, the guy who does all those speeches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Victor Paulus, um, which I love Victor Paulus. He comes back. He's That's right, in name character. only, right? Yeah. In, in, a, tra- in a Charlie episode, yeah. right? I think. Yeah. Wow. Good it pull. gives us that classic weird sulfur plant scene that's in the theme song yeah that's a cool uh, location yeah is and this gives... her first darius uh, appearance or no I, yes. it might yes yeah, yeah. so yeah. first darius, darius appearance yeah and which is again crazy this is halfway in season one and we don't even mm-hmm. get darius so yeah that's nuts right I, I like that world they they build with him and duncan and and, and grayson so I, I i like this episode a lot yeah very nice oh also in this episode is this the first time that's uh like a dark quickening or a light quickening i guess is mentioned oh right into yeah, that, yeah, yeah. right i think when mm-hmm. they're around the campfire talking about the speeches yep yeah interesting yeah this is a great episode awesome Myth all right building. kyle you're number six interesting that we got a season one episode in here i was curious if anyone would pick this mm. uh so i'm going for uh we, it's come up before as an underrated classic i'm giving it to courage Ooh, that's that on is my higher list. on my list as yeah. well Ooh fascinating all right can't wait to hear about it keith give us number six then my number six is comes a horseman that might be higher on some people's lists Ooh. we won't have to wait long but it is higher on my list all right very it's good not on my list all right now we're on to number five amen the vampire nice that almost made it on my list and it, it didn't but uh 
Yeah, that's on my like short. That's on like I wish I could make room for this list. Yeah, I love it so much. All right, uh, tell us about it. Why do you love it? Yeah, uh, I love the flashbacks. Uh, Victorian England is like one of my favorite like literary time periods. I love stories like Sherlock Holmes and Dracula and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, two good sword fights. Uh, a villain that you love to hate. A good yeah. quickening. I like vampire stuff, so I like that they weave that into the mythology um also just, Eamon, this you may have said the funniest thing that's been said on this oh, podcast yes. about this episode yes describing the villain nicholas ward as being like the, a palette swap in a video <laughs> game yep. yeah that's very good accurate and so good when he's wearing like that beige outfit yeah yep. and the white hair and all that he, yeah. look, he looks he doesn't look he looks like a vampire he looks right. like not a real person um jeff's kiss uh, yeah, I just love that episode. Uh, like, that's an episode I could just see myself rewatching in the future, just as like a one-off. Yeah, um, it's good stuff. Yeah, and that was the, the very first episode in the series that was like almost entirely flashback as well, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool to see. Um, yes, like how much the story, like the 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 main story existed in flashback, not in the present. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, I love great, it. Great, great, and I love uh, vampires. Love those vampires. Uh, vampires. Kyle, you're number five. My number five is Comes a Horseman. All right. Time to talk about it. Yeah, so this is the introduction of Mythos's dark past is introduced here as we get Kronos. This is such an iconic moment because it does such a good job of recontextualizing a character that is truly beloved and, you know, causing us to reconsider everything perhaps we thought we knew about them amazing performance from uh peter wingfield here just a real delight and all of the supporting characters are fantastic like each of the four horsemen is so well cast is so kind of well rendered you know even like caspian's like the weakest one and like even that's pretty good like even that would have been an above average for this show villain most likely and the fact that they got all of them in one place delivering on this point is just fantastic. There's a reason this is such a beloved series, you know, two-parter and uh, it's well-deserved. Yeah, totally. I echo all those sentiments. Uh, the The turn of mythos is really awesome. Like it, it like yeah. you said, it recontextualizes so much. Like it's like, your your urge might be to kill a main character but this is so much better like mm-hmm. don't kill the character just change them like entirely yeah. uh and it works so well uh like no one knows like what his past is like can they be friends like it also throws like so many moral questions about like forgiveness like the things we were talking about in blind faith uh mm-hmm. like how does that apply to mythos um and just the mythology of like these four villains uh that have existed like almost since the dawn of time, it would seem. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that that adds all this history and mythology to the show as well. So uh, yeah, this this is great. Absolutely great. It's a great idea. Great performances. Good stuff. Yeah, like it, it. This, this was, this was going to be on my list if I didn't pick the ones I picked. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure, <Yeah>. great. <laughs> no shit, yeah. But... <laughs> uh, like if there was an eleven. All right, my number five, uh, now we're cracking the top five. My number five is Mortal Sins. Ooh, higher on my list. Oh, all right, cool, awesome. All right, well, let's move on then. Uh, Eamon, you're number five. Uh, Well, I think I'm on number four now, right? Yep, correct. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's okay. Wait, why are you on number four? 
Number five first. was my vam vampire. Was oh, my of number course. Five. I'm so sorry. I can't keep track of the paper in front of me. Very good. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> the samurai is my number four. Nice. All right. Ooh, slightly higher on my list. Excellent. Ooh. All right. Kyle, you're uh, number my, four. My number four is going to be finale. Uh, oh, so I assume this is where we talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about high, it. Higher on my list. Oh, cool. Ooh, awesome. Still Love climbing it. The, climbing the charts. Yeah. Wow. Keith, numero quattro. All right. So we could we didn't talk about any, or well, this is going to be our first one I think we might talk about. My number four is Manhunt. Ooh. Oh, not on my list. Hey, not on all my right. List either. Um, I, I think this episode is great. I thought the antagonist, Matthew McCormick, was uh, a compelling character. We talked about him briefly in our season mm -hmm. six coverage of like, he would have been, I mean, they had even planned it at the time that like he'd be a great spinoff. Like there's, there's great motivation mm -hmm. for him as a character, what he's doing in this world. Um, I love this, the show, this episode explored like the repercussions of slavery through two characters that like become proxies for being like, there's one that's an enslaved person and one mm -hmm. that was a slaver. And like, they both are, you know, there's this trajectory through history and we get to see them now and what the ramifications of those real life events have had on society. And it's, you know, epitomized in these two characters, uh, which is cool. Um, and of course, like it draws a lot of parallels to stuff we see today and brings up like real issues that should be talked about and, uh, and the show attempts to do it, which is good. It's a, it's a noble episode in uh, what it's attempting to do. And I think Carl Robinson is uh, a reoccurring, uh, we talked about reoccurring villains, but he's one of the few reoccurring uh, good guys in the show. Mm -hmm. uh, and his performance is absolutely great. He's a great character. Uh, and I just want to see more of him. So yeah, that's my number four. It's a good board. episode. I like Carl Robinson. Yeah. Ooh, I'm getting excited. We're in the top three here. All right. Ooh. Amen, number three. My number three is Courage. It is higher on my list. Oh. Wow. That's right. I was, I, that was an episode I wasn't sure was going to be on people's lists, and I had it the lowest. This is exciting. Yeah. This is. All right. Uh, uh, Kyle, you're number three. My number three is going to be the Samurai. Ooh. All right. And that was my number nine. And, and is it was this my on number your... four. Great. Okay. Let's talk four. about it. Yeah. This is a great episode. I mean, it tells us the story of how Duncan got his katana. Which is such a good kernel for a story. Like he obviously yeah. has this iconic thing, just taking the moment, but where did, what's its origin? Mm -hmm. The classic stuff right there. Yeah, anytime a myth has, like every, every hero has a weapon and you, you wanna learn, like that weapon is always special, whether it's Luke's lightsaber or King Arthur's sword or whatever, so. Yeah. And it's great moral questions. Um, Duncan's like protege, not Duncan's the protege, Duncan's a uh, uh, mentor. Mm -hmm that episode whose name i forget um yeah. he he is facing some consequences for for taking duncan in right um and there's just some good some good moral kind of philosophy differences between east and west um yeah and it's it's a good it's a good little story yeah yeah and, and also this is oh sorry go ahead quality Oh, they're amazing. Yeah, the, the flashbacks yeah. are great. Uh, this is the debut of uh, Ephraim McAsh as the mm -hmm. sword master in the show. So like the sword work in this episode is fantastic and only gets like better. Uh, also, this is like a, a real marker for Duncan in the show. Like when you start looking at this show as like a whole and like where the flashbacks fall, like Duncan pre the samurai is, you know, that like barbarian Duncan, like he he's brash, he's rude, he's like 
uh, you know, he, he hasn't learned to read yet. Uh, granted, that hasn't happened yet, but like suddenly Duncan has gotten a code in this. Like this is the moment where Duncan doesn't just get his sword, but the sword is also like comes with a code of honor. Like this is how you should act in the world. Like a new persona entirely. Right. So when, when we see flashbacks with Adrian Paul post this episode, like he's clearly making a conscious decision that like, no, Duncan has changed at this moment and will act differently in the future, which is pretty cool. Uh, and, you know, huge props to AP for, for incorporating that into the character. So definitely. Awesome. Any other thoughts on uh, the samurai before we move on? I think we've said it. Okay. Yeah. And so that was your number three, Kyle? That was. Okay. My number three is Valkyrie. Is that on anyone Ooh. else's list? Ooh, not on my list. Slightly higher on my list. Awesome. All right. Ooh. Well, we will return to that soon. Eamon, number two. This is it. Woo. Top two. Need, like drum rolls and shit. Yeah. My number two episode is Mythos. Nice. Really? Anyone else have that? No. no. Um, I just I love the introduction to me to Mythos. Uh, it's a Callus episode, and I love Callus. Um, I just the concept of this like ageless immortal that everybody's looking for, and it turns out to be Mythos. I, I think it was a good idea, and they 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 knocked it out of the park with this Mythos. character. Mythos. Um, yeah, I, I just I I love this episode. Um. And yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. Right, yeah, it's, it's a good great. episode. Awesome. And I love Mythos. Love Mythos. It's beloved, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kyle, you're number two. My number two is the Valkyrie. Oh, okay. let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think this is like one of those Apex Highlander episodes. Uh, just the moral question at the heart of it is so uh, spot on. Uh, and the challenge that Duncan makes, the fact that the a literal moral choice is the peak of this episode, and that Duncan makes, I think, a hard choice that I think a lot of people would not have made is pretty interesting. Um, I don't know. It does a really good job of focusing all your attention on a single moment, and it's like a, it's not an action beat. Yep. Though it involves violence. Uh, right. You know, I, I think that's like pretty. But it's all incredible. it's all just tension. It's not like yeah, mm -hmm. physical sword fighting or anything, right? Uh, and it speaks to our times in a way that it's is depressing and prescient and spot on. Uh, it's a this is a, I don't know among the truly great episodes of Highlander, among the truly great moral questions, among the truly great flashbacks. Keep, the the praise keeps on coming. Yeah. Uh, well uh, shot, well acted. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo those sentiments. Yeah, like you said, it's well shot. This is, I think, Richard Martin's uh, first episode on the, the show, uh, and it's fantastic. Um, the flashbacks are really fun. I know we joked about the the, the Hitler a bit, but oh, uh, it's fun. Hitler. Like, oftentimes we're not too keen when this show interacts with like real life history in big ways, but like, I think this episode found a way to make it work pretty well. Uh, and yeah, the, the question is really important and we're seeing a lot of the, the sentiments in this expressed in this episode today, uh, which is very scary. Um, uh, also, I'll say that like the, the way this episode ends, not only does Duncan have to make a horrible decision, but afterwards he talks to Mythos and he's like, well, you judged Ingrid and Mac is like, so someone's gonna judge me? It's like, yep, like that's the way this, like the, 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 the ball keeps rolling on this stuff. Like every action has a consequence, every decision you make like gets to be judged by somebody else. Uh, so 
Side note, just a thing I didn't want to not mention during this, lest we forget the outrageous performance from like the Interpol officer in this. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, yes. Looking for her. Yes. And like He's just very his good. accent and like how sympathetic he is. And oh, it's right. Really it was his, his father wrote poet, poetry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you hear like, that Philly accent come through? Real, by, by the way, I just said pitch, pitch, I can't even recreate it. Yikes! It's I don't know. It's it's its own thing. It's just like a thing has to be seen. Love yeah. it. He's great. That's Fantastic. Great, great scene. Good episode. Very good. Number All two, right. Keith. N- uh, number two is courage. Oh, uh, I guess now is the time. All right, it's your. Is it your number two as well? Or no, yours was earlier, wasn't it? I was earlier on the list. I think you're the highest. Okay, the yeah. yeah, courage. Uh, Brian Cullen is the 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 villain. I you wouldn't mm-hmm. maybe even calling him a villain would not be appropriate. Uh, the antagonist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Piper Ferguson, who plays him, maybe gives one of the best performances in the whole run of Highlander. He's absolutely great. Um, this is such a tragic and just sad episode. And yeah. again, like much like I think Blind Faith deals with a question that is very relatable to people, like how do I forgive somebody? This is a very similar question. Like this friend of Duncan, like what do you, a friend that has fallen uh, and is an addict and like, what does that look like? And obviously for Duncan, uh, the, the results are very extreme. Uh, for most people, it would be call the police or get them in rehab or just cut them out of your lives. Uh, but for Duncan, he has to like, the, the, the stakes are really high. He has to kill his friend. Uh, and it's just fucking heartbreaking and everything about this episode is great it's a great question uh that doesn't have a clear answer to it uh which also makes it i don't want to say fun but it's it gives you something to think about like and that's a that's a praise for the whole series in general like it lets the audience interact with the show in a a, a deep way which is cool when colin's such a fully like realized character like he's a complete person like you get why Duncan likes him. You get why Duncan doesn't like him. You like see his whole like spectrum of emotions and his 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 him at his best and him in his lowest points. Yeah. It's just it's a great piece. Um and that like the ending fight is insane and we don't really see something like it ever again. Yeah. Or or it's since just, it's a thrashing, violent, yep. messy, yeah. like yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's yeah. Oof, it's something. Wow. And yeah, I'm just, I'm surprised this episode doesn't get talked about more. Um, I think there's so much, it's such a performance piece, I think. Yeah. And I, I tend to think that some of that gets lost in the, like, in some of like the fandom zeitgeist. Like, it mm-hmm. tends to be like mythological pieces that are, that are centralized or like big plot pieces or things involving the main characters mm-hmm. struggles are right. like what really get canonized this is like very much so about this ancillary character mm-hmm. you know a, a version of this where the performances are even like 15 percent worse we probably don't even talk about it right yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like it's that that level of like nuance is part of it i think and i think that might be why it's like something that doesn't get the kind of press it deserves yeah Yeah, i guess it's like like it makes me think of studies in light which is similar but not it not nearly as good of an episode right um but it has a similar like character old friend of duncan's who's like fallen from grace but it's just that's like that wouldn't be on my list of like must see highlander episodes you know what i mean and Kyle, if, to your point about oh sorry, 
No, I was going to say, uh, you mentioned, you know, there's these <clears throat> ancillary characters. Uh, to that point, like, most villains, you know, the, the Freaky of the Weeks or whoever it is, like, they are ants. Like, they just pop in. Like, they're a threat in the beginning. Oh, who are they going to be? We get a flashback. This this is a completely different episode. John Piper Ferguson co-stars in Highlander with Adrian Paul in this episode. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, which is which is really something. Like, we get a lot more character development in this episode because of him, uh, or because of the script and everything about it. Uh, it's great. So yeah, and you know, I would say like Studies in Light is an interesting example. Like, I think if that script was a little bit better and we got a performance like what we get out of John Piper Ferguson here in that episode. Maybe we would be talking about that episode that way because, like, those dynamics are interesting. Like, that's a yeah. good concept for an episode. And maybe we'd be talking about it the same way. And it's really the quality that distinguish it as opposed to the bones. Right. Yeah. Very good. Anyway, are we on to number one? I think so. This is, I mean, this is a big moment, so... I, I mean, Ooh. I think I've deduced what people's picks are, perhaps, but let's see. Amen. Um, so I chose, and I can amend this slightly. I chose finale part two as my number one. Oh, okay, that's fine. But I can amend it as finale as a whole if that uh, works. It doesn't, it's your pick, so you can do yeah. what you want with it. But you know, I, I I love both those episodes, so I'll just say finale like as a whole. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's my that's my favorite episode. I think. Cool. Yeah, I mean. This is such a good wrap up to the Callus cycle. I mean, I think mm -hmm. pretty much everyone, well, Eamon and I, we both thought Callus was the best recurring villain. Um, I, I think it's the most successful. And like this ending does it justice. Like mm -hmm. this character does not peter out. It ends with like one of the biggest set pieces in the entire series. And like there are so many beloved and iconic scenes from these mm -hmm. two episodes that are just so central to this franchise that it's yeah. like, it's, I don't know, it's hard to go wrong. Yeah. yeah. It, it also incorporates the Watchers, like the stakes, mm -hmm. like everybody's got stakes in this. Like the Watchers might, like the whole thing might get blown up. Uh, also like Duncan and Amanda's relationship in this, like they dance on mm -hmm. the, them dancing on the Eiffel Tower does everything that the actual finale of the show doesn't do. Right. <laughs> like where Duncan's just like, oh, I guess I love you now. And it's like, they like hug and it's like, okay. Like this episode shows it in a creative and wonderful way that like only those two characters could kind of do uh rather than like having sex behind a couch uh with some like right early morning sushi or whatever it was some shaking <laughs> fucking yeah. into, into, yeah. a, into a seismic blast yeah like so every 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 wrap-up feels good in this uh it's yeah good pick Eamon. Yeah. yeah love it love and it. just like the the, the 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 statue of liberty striking the eiffel the statue of liberty what <laughs> Lightning striking the Eiffel Tower is awesome, and yes. it's a little silly too. But who cares? No, like, it's great. It's awesome. It's so yeah. The Statue of Liberty. I don't know why the <laughs> fuck I said that. Oh, it's like it's that iconic highway scene where the Statue of Liberty fights the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Um, now that's that's an episode. Yeah. That feels like a, a like an anime that should exist. Like <laughs> yeah. famous landmarks come to life and fight. Sure. That or like awesome. one of those like Fox reality shows where like who would win a rhinoceros or like a fucking mm -hmm. pterodactyl like yeah, yeah. it's yeah, like who art. would win if like the Abraham Lincoln portion of Mount Rushmore came to life <laughs> or uh, yeah anyway. the Golden Gate Bridge uh, yeah there you go that's right my number one episode and I think I said it at the time I'll stand by it I could watch 
Duncan McLeod karate chop Nazis perpetually <laughs> forever. Right. Mortal Sins, I think, becomes my number one. It's got the full package. It's got moral questions, great flashbacks, high drama, uh, sword fights. It ticks all my boxes. Uh, this is, of course, the one where uh, freedom fighters take a Nazi officer and imprison him under a river. Yep. Thinking they're killing him, but have instead tortured him for the better part of a century. And now he is back. And uh, Mac needs to figure out what to do with him. Yeah. And he's and a I, bad man, Jamma. That's right. And uh, the the priest in this, Brother uh, Bernard, like he's yeah. got consequences to face as well, which is like awesome. Like everybody's kind of dealing with the ramifications of what happened in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's this is a good episode. Oh, and Anne, uh, Anne's in this episode too. There, that's yep. like this throws a big wrench into their relationship because she, mm -hmm. like, this is the first time she's put like into the middle of this and uh, she almost loses her baby. So, yeah, 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 this is good. Good pick, Kyle. Yeah, great. Number hips. one, Keith. Number one for me is The Wrath of Kali. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, I, I, like I said earlier, uh, I think uh, Kamir is my favorite one-off villain in this show. Like, I feel like he is a perfectly realized three-dimensional character. I understand his motivations. Um, there's kind of different codes that are in play. Duncan's, you know, interested in love and all this sort of stuff. And Kamir is about like preserving his heritage, uh, which is really interesting. Uh, Richie like is looking for a new teacher in this. Like I, I love that. Like again, also to mirror the the discussion with uh, Kieran uh, in Blind Faith. Like he's like, oh, like he's trying to find his way. Like can I get behind Kieran's teachings? And here he's like, can I get behind Kamir? Like this is really fascinating. Uh, he fights with the staff, which is cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think if I had to like show people an episode of Highlander and was like, this is like a shining example of what this show can be about. Uh, it might be this episode. Um, and oh, and also like, it even has this, you know, uh, grand sense of adventure. I mean, like we, we are in Seacouver and then we're in India, which is really cool. And the, the set dressings and the costumes are all fantastic. Like, I just feel like it's a, it's you, I think because of that sort of grand scope of the episode, you're able to understand like what, what is so attractive about Highlander? Uh, like this episode has cool fights, flashbacks, romance, like, philosophy all of it uh so that's why it's my number one yeah i mean it has all those things there's an interesting like east west thing going on mm -hmm. um which i don't think it's tackled a lot it's just the other cultures of these immortals clashing um right. in interesting ways uh and he is a great actor kabir badi yeah um, very good stuff yeah i would i would even say like comparing kamir in this episode to the films of the Highland or the villains of the Highlander franchise, like the film mm. villains, like mm. put this guy in a movie. He is so much more dynamic. I mean, we're about to watch Endgame, and I don't know. I think we can all say right now, is Kamir a better villain than the villain in Endgame? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's been a decade. It's been over a decade, probably, right. but I can say yes. Yeah, like I don't know. He he's 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 got it all. Full package, baby. Woo! Gravitas. That's it. So I want to do something kind of fun. I put together a little slideshow here. Um, I thought this would be cool to go over. So in the very uh, first Chronicle we ever did with uh, kind of showrunner David Abramowitz, uh, towards the end of the interview, he mentioned like kind of just what he thought of the show in general. And he gave some stats on how many episodes he thought were good, how many were bad. And ever since he said that, I was like, ooh, this will be so much fun to compare 
what you know the producer of the show thought of it uh it's what we thought of it and did those line up and also i've got some other stats in here so we can kind of real quickly go through them um and again for everybody who uh, might just be listening to the podcast only uh you know uh make sure to check out our uh facebook page because we've got videos um to go along with this stuff So we have a David Abramowitz breakdown. So 20% really good. You know, 24, when I hear 20%, I say no. But when I see the number 24, I'm like, yeah, OK. Yeah. That actually does make sense. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. 60% good episodes. I'd agree with this, too. Pretty good, 10%. Hmm. Let's see. I, I, the line between good and pretty good is like. Not good at all. 5%, six episodes. Keith, Keith I think your microphone's not working. Hello? Hello. Yeah, there you go. You're back. Oh, no, you're gone you're again. Cut out again. Hello, hello? Hey, yes. there you are. Hopefully it lasts. All right. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. Uh, so, and again, this was David just being very off the cuff in the interview. Yeah. You know, saying like, oh, this is about what I feel. Uh, so again, you know, we're we're taking it at that. Uh, so five percent were not good at all. These are six uh, six episodes, and then there are five unknown because the the math just doesn't add up. So that's okay. <laughs> uh, but now uh, what we can do is we can equate this with R. So we use a one to five scale uh, to rate our episodes. Um, mm -hmm. So we gave twenty two episodes a four to five rating. That's really oh, close. That, that is pretty close. Isn't that crazy? Uh, then we gave fifty episodes. Uh, three to three point nine. That's close too, right? That is close too, isn't it? Uh, wow. Then we gave thirty-two episodes two to three point nine. Uh, is that right? That should probably say two to two point nine. I apologize for the typo, everybody. Uh, and then finally, fifteen episodes received a zero. Which did we rate any episodes zero? I'm not sure. Uh, no. But no. Okay. No, so wait, that, this so. would be a one to a one point nine. So we can compare these numbers. Uh, if we kind of map David's uh, metric onto ours and say, you know, a four, four to five is really good, three to four is good, two to three is pretty good, and one to two is not good at all, uh, we had 15 not good episodes, not good at all episodes. David had six. If you uh, add the unknowns. Exactly. Who knows where those yeah. unknowns would fall? Uh, you know, they, they could go anywhere in the mix. Uh, pretty good was 32. We had 12. Good, we had 71. Or excuse me, we had 50. Uh, David had 71. Um, and really good were 24, and we had 22. Uh, That's interesting that our really goods line up yeah, almost exactly. They do. Yeah. Uh, and like the line between good and pretty good is always going to be fairly nuanced. Honestly. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and then these are our season averages. Uh, season one is a 2.7. Season two is a 3.1. Three is a 3.2, season four is a 3.1, season five is 3.4, and season six is the lowest rated of them all at a 2.3. That's interesting. I, I surprise flip, you at all? I flipped three and five. Interesting. I think. Yeah. I, I would have agreed with that, but when we broke down season five and actually got into like a number of those episodes, I think it, become, it became apparent why. Yeah. There's some yeah. real all stars in mm -hmm. season five right um you know i think 
three when i think of like what highlander is i think of season three because that's the callous cycle and in my mind that's like the, the the pinnacle of highlander but in terms of other beloved episodes season five is like hoovering them up yeah uh, also like season three incorporates like remember the richie like racing his motorcycle stuff like mm -hmm. there's a bunch of i don't say a bunch of but there's a lot of like filler i think that we maybe forget about that's in that mm -hmm. season uh where season five like they're they get the sh like they crush it uh yeah in season five um so next up the average score for all 119 episodes is a three exactly wow that's exactly surprising. a three yeah so it the show is good the show is yeah. good <laughs> that's right yeah uh, by that scale, it's a good show. It is a good show, right? Um, uh, now, so since we use this this uh, sort of I don't want to say rigid scale of like you know only half points, you know one, one point five, two, two point five. Uh, I want to do our top five, but it's really six. Uh, so these were my top rated episodes: The Samurai, The Innocent, One Minute to Midnight, Manhunt, Interesting. Valkyrie, and Unusual Suspects. Which is funny because I, I wanted to show this after we did our favorites. Uh, because I was pretty sure that they wouldn't line up. Uh, and mm -hmm. as it turns out, they don't. Uh, you know, The Innocent, I gave a perfect score to. It was not in my top 10. Either it was One Minute to Midnight uh, or Unusual Suspects. But they, I think they were great episodes. Uh, but it doesn't mean they're my favorite episodes. So uh, there we go. Um, and also you can see on here, there's two episodes from season four, two from season five. And shocker, one from season six. Isn't that crazy? That is a shocker. Yeah. All right, Eamon, these are your top seven. Who? The Samurai mythos finale part two uh the valkyrie comes a horseman and then your perfect scores are revelation six eight and duende now which of those did, did any of those not make the cut for you amen um the valkyrie didn't comes a horseman didn't revelation six eight didn't interesting how about fascinating that, that those three did not yeah. and of course valkyrie being like my number two and your number three keith yeah I think so. Yeah, that was Very my number three. Also, you can see Eamon's got four episodes here that are all from season five and three from season three. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I think I was too stingy when we started with my uh, with my five ratings. Ah, well, you want to talk about stingy? Let's go to Kyle's. <laughs> Kyle's are all 4.5. Kyle, guess, get this. You've never given a five, ever. Oh, oh, wow. I'm surprised by that. But. Yep. Uh, so we got Legacy, The Samurai, Starcrossed, Mortal Sins, The Innocent, The Valkyrie, and Comes a Horseman. So notably, Starcrossed. I'm shocked Legacy got a 4.5 from me. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Stunned, even. And that might be the only, is that the only season two episode that appeared on anybody's list? It is. I think so. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Starcrossed and The Innocent did not, and Legacy did not appear on my top 10. Uh, but interesting. And again, seasons five and three dominate. Yep, they do. Yeah. Interesting. All right, so next up is going to be our total averages. So this was all our scores put together. These were our top five episodes. The Innocent, Comes a Horseman, Duende, The Samurai, and Valkyrie all appeared uh, in our top favorite episodes. Uh, and the highest scores are 4.7, which uh, is pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and the Valkyrie didn't appear on Eamon's list. Is that it right? It did not. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. How about that? Seasons yeah. Four, five, three, and five on there. Some incredible, some interesting stats here. But of course, like quality, quality immediately upon viewing, and then thinking back on your favorite and what's really stuck with you is going to be a different question. Yeah, totally. We definitely see that played out here. 
Right. All right. Next up. Oh, that is it. That's it, everybody. Sorry. I was like, are there more slides? No. Uh, so yeah, our, our top rated episodes are the Samurai and the Samurai and the Valkyrie, which are, are very interesting. Uh, they're not undeserved to be, uh, yeah. you know, very high on the list. I don't uh, think anybody could argue with that. No. Truth. You'd be a fool too. Uh, so You'd this to, to close off this episode, you know, in our uh, uh, Voices of Highlander montage, which is going to debut next week uh, as a very special podcast, uh, we asked everybody, you know, what makes Highlander so special to you? So we figured we'd close out this episode uh, by asking ourselves, what makes Highlander so special to us after now doing this for six years uh, oh. and 119 episodes and many, many hours. Uh, so Amy, do you want to kick us off? Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you know, as longtime listeners, listeners have probably heard, uh, Highlander to the series specifically will always have a special place in my heart just for its history with, I would watch it with my grandmother. So there's a like very intense, like filial connection to this show, which will always be very important. But, um, you know, Highlander as a mythology, I've always thought was really cool. And, you know, a lot of people, most people remember the movie, but I just think it's neat that the TV show is like really good and is the second best Highlander thing, even though there are four more movies. Um, so I just, I kind of, I'm impressed that Highlander, the series is still holds up as well as it does. And I just, I, I'm kind of glad we did this to reveal to people like, hey, this is a show you should like actually check out and is actually really good. And I think delivers on the promise of that mythology set up in the first movie. Um, I've changed a little bit. I, I think I like the first Highlander movie the most as like my favorite Highlander thing, but it's, it's almost like a tie between the movie and the series. Um, and I'm just glad, you know, something I remembered from my childhood, like actually held up on like, let's say Darkwing Duck, which, you know, doesn't. We can all agree the show. Yeah. I'm glad this show is yeah. better than Darkwing Duck. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but it's like, Darkwing Duck was so important to me as a child and it's like kind of sad that it's like bad you know what I mean like <laughs> it's good for a kid's thing like I'd show my kids that show but it's just kind of cool that something I liked as a kid is like still good and you know that's that's awesome and just that you know I could share in what little modest way I could in that fandom with like the world and with you guys and and you know that's that's awesome oh awesome Eamon good yeah. stuff mr kyle so i mean to me the show the, the the movie and the the show really occupy different planes in my existence but if i had to pick one i think i go with the series but between the two that you know and i i think what i ultimately love about it is one it's like it's awesome like so much of it is super cool and that's the show i always want to think about when i think about this show is star trek the next generation which is like, they, this feels like a fantasy version of something like that, in that it's constantly thinking about like, well, what do we do? What should, what should we be doing? Yeah. How should we behave? And those are like the, the core questions kind of at the heart of this thing. And then this just has like a fantasy, it's a more fantasy setting and it cares more about style than TNG. Like to TNG's detriment, it often doesn't care about the style or the action or the pacing like right it's just telling the story it wants to tell and i think this really does strike a great balance between those two things in a way that i can't think of another show that really pulls it off you know including shows like 
the next generation like even many of the best episodes of that show are kind of boring in a way (laughs) right like just things don't happen and there's like an action beat that involves like someone putting a hand out and pushing a button like you know this like rules um and i don't know it will forever have a place like that in my heart and i i would just love to see more shows that are able to nail that balance uh is no one else does it like this show and everyone should watch it for that reason alone Good stuff. Uh, so yeah, uh, the reason the highlight of the series is so special to me is uh, I kind of hinted this at the the top of the episode where I mentioned, you know, sometimes I wish I, we were more forward in putting out, you know, that a, a part of our mission kind of here was to reevaluate what this show means today, you know, uh, and I, I will say, I think I, I can definitely say like Highlander made me a better person, like for real, like this show was the very first thing I think I ever encountered. Uh, maybe perhaps other than like Star Trek or something like that. But this was certainly like, I dove into Highlander. Uh, I loved it. Like, and the, the show is asking us moral questions. And it was the first time I understood that like morality was not like a set of rules in a book or set in stone, but it's a discussion about like, what is good? And you can have that discussion uh, and it's like worth having. Um, and so, you know, in a weird bit of irony, I, I feel like, I, I've been thinking about this honestly for the past couple months, uh, you know, because we're we're often I shouldn't say often we sometimes get that criticism about like you're slagging off on a thing I love. Well, guess what made me do it? The show did. Like the show yeah. asked me to ask moral questions, and now when I a- watch the show again, I ask those same moral questions of the show. Like, is it appropriate to have a hero that is overtly macho? or sexist, or how do we talk about race? Like this show introduced me to conversations about race, but now I can go back and look at the show like in a weird mirror and say like, was that the right way to talk about race? Like it's right. it's it's kind of crazy. Uh, and so like, I thank the show for letting me even have the ability to criticize it, I think in the way I do. Um, and I'll also even speak uh, in another bit of like somewhat outdatedness, uh, like the hero of Duncan McLeod was unlike any hero I knew. Uh, when I first watched the show in like fourth grade, third grade, end of third grade maybe, uh, like I had long hair. Uh, I didn't grow long hair because of Duncan McLeod. I already had long hair and I was often bullied for it and made to feel like shit. And uh, I liked a lot of other stuff too. And like, I don't know, uh, it's tough when you're a kid and you're maybe different. And Duncan McLeod was like a hero I could identify with. I was like, holy shit, like he, he has a, a ponytail. Like I can have a ponytail. Like that's amazing. Uh, like while I don't subscribe, you know, today to weird rigid standards of masculinity or femininity, the show absolutely, you could say, is about in some way like what it is to be a, a masculine hero or something uh, and presents a very different version. This isn't like the Terminator or Rambo uh or or anything like that uh like where the the hero goes guns blazing uh like duncan mcleod like knows how to stand up for himself and he's into martial arts but he also like loves the opera and Mm. he like knows how to speak different languages and he's cultured and likes 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 art and all this stuff and again as a kid like i don't know i mean granted i'm looking looking back on it now knowing who i am and who knows how much i even project onto my younger self but like I don't know, I got teased for being into music when I was younger and the kind of music I liked and this and that. And like, suddenly there was this hero that like could like kick a fucking Nazi in the mouth, uh, but also could be like, 
you know, liking art is fucking cool too. Uh, and like, I think that's pretty important. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think the show really did teach me like a lot. Uh, and the fact that I can interact with it in this way now is uh, in part a gift the show even gave me. So yeah. I'll say that, uh, be very sentimental about it, so. No, that's great. I mean, and that, I think that just speaks to the quality of the characters and what they built and the yeah. writers and, you know, Adrian Paul, I mean, you know, we didn't really talk about him, but like, I mean, Keith, you just did, but I mean, like he's, he's amazing. Like he, yeah. th he is this character and, yep. you know, he, he really created a cool, great television character and he should be proud of that. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's inspired and captivated like thousands of people. Yeah. No, the show would be nothing without Adrian Paul. I think like yeah. he made this character or it would just be a certainly different show. And we might yeah. not be talking about it in this way if he didn't bring the, what he brought to the show. Uh, you know, even just his sense of style. Like, I mean, that's even another part of this. I mentioned like, mm -hmm. like weird masculine heroes that existed in the nineties. Like here's Duncan. He's like a suave dude. He's also romantic. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he, he's a character that you could like love deeply, but mm -hmm. again, punch fucking Nazis, which is pretty yeah. cool. Uh, which is great anyway. So that's, uh, that's, uh, what I got to say. And we can't wait to share with you what everyone else has to say about why Highlander is so special, why Adrian Paul and Duncan are special. Uh, and they're, they're going to share their favorite episodes on next week's, uh, bonus episode. So that'll be really great. And also Kyle and Eamon haven't even heard it yet. So I'm, I'm really excited to hear what uh, you guys think. Uh, I think it'll be, it'll be nice. I'm very excited. Yeah. So, so that's coming down the pike. And then after that, of course, we are going to be tackling, uh, and Game, uh, the Raven, and, all, sorts of, all sorts of new stuff. And so that'll be really great. I can't wait to, you know, uh, get into the new year with some new Highlander stuff. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you guys like to say before we close out? Well, just thank you both, Keith and Kyle, for sticking it out for six years of podcasting. Uh, we did it. We did it. I mean, we we're not it. done yet, but we did it. <laughs> But yeah. we also did it. But we yeah. also did it. Yeah. And and this does you. feel like a weird landmark. It is odd that there is more to do in some ways, yeah. but I'm excited to do it. It'll be fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And we should once again thank also everyone that contributed to this show, not just our Absolutely. podcast, but like the people that created this show. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, we do love yeah. it. And that's why we we did this show. And yeah, uh, yeah, it, it was, it's been a great journey to, to rediscover and rewatch. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And uh, let put, put, put that Blu-ray out already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We got some content on there that we yeah. wanna we wanna see or hear. I wanna so. I wanna get my hands on that. I don't wanna buy forty seven DVD sets. <laughs> yep, very good. All right, well, thanks everyone for joining us on this journey. Uh, and it's not the end, so uh, we'll see you next week. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye. 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 Bye.